0: everybody and welcome to episode 281 of Vig Game Apocalypse. I am your host, Michael Reparas. I was going to think up a nickname, but then I decided against it at the last minute. <laughs> who else is here in the Tyler Wilde Memorial Studio with me?
1: Uh, subtle Twin Towers reflection,
2: Chris Antistam.
3: And a uh, man who just swung in a little late, Matthew Allen. And special guest...
2: Chris Clow. I don't have anything witty to say. Cause I I just you ate a bunch have told of food, him. so oh,
0: that's that's actually an excellent
2: excuse. So I, I mean, I, I get far less creative when I'm full. I don't know about you guys. Yeah,
0: I I, I can't do any work after lunchtime. A little, <laughs> little industry secret, nobody gets anything done after one p.m.
2: So where might people know you from? My podcast is uh, Comics on Consoles, which deals. Pretty much exclusively with the topic of comic space video games. I'm a longtime comic book fan and a former retailer, and kind of a commentator on matters of the mask, man and woman. And Ooh. I kind of fold that into my love of gaming. So, because it seemed like a topic that wasn't uh, wasn't very well trodden upon in the podcast community, so I was like, "Hey, I will uh, do that one."
0: That's pretty awesome. That also makes you a pretty good fit for this week's topic. Spider-fan. Spider-fan. Well, yeah, actually, because...
1: Wait, wait, did you, un- did you understand? It is the it is the 17th anniversary of 9-11, so like our yeah. Mad King president, it's all fist pump in the air. Uh, <laughs> but there is an Easter egg in, in the Spider-Man game that has the reflection of the Twin Towers in the building. In the new one? Yeah. like oh, really? It, it, they're not part of the skyline but in one of the buildings you can see the reflection
0: oh wow i didn't know about that
1: i mean i i I didn't see it myself but like are those
0: buildings not fascinating enough to kind of like dude what the fuck how'd they do all this (laughs) yeah well actually uh, a couple of the games that we're going to be talking about today will deal with that because i thought it would be fun with spider-man bringing back the open world take on manhattan yeah Uh, i thought it might be fun to look back at when like that was the almost boilerplate map for open world games to just let's just set them in new york i was just
1: like well one i talked to brett on bonus time this week patreon.com slash laser time and it was about the idea that like i haven't i feel like i haven't played a game like spider-man since like prototype 2
4: Hmm. It yeah. feels
1: like it's been a, it's been a while since I've done this kind of thing where it used to be kind of ubiquitous and you'd do it in like three or four games every year. Yeah, uh, but but can I tell you a dumb story real quick? Sure. Because sure. I took too many pain pills. By that I mean like Advil PM. I wish I had the good stuff. Because mm-hmm. um, <laughs> my shoulder's still hurting. This just happened, and a homeless guy bought me drinks at the local bar because. He, a literal viral hobo, <laughs> he, the police helped him shave his beard and filmed it, and now he's going on the Ellen show. So I was at a bar, and a homeless guy walked in. and was like, everybody drinks on me. And like I got stuck waiting for my food, drinking shots with a homeless guy. So I might bow out early. I feel terrible. <laughs> all right. well, I, I, but he said, he said he's going on Ellen
0: t- next week, so that's the guy. Wow. Did we just plug Ellen on VGA?
1: Yeah, we
3: did. I think we did. I wanted only Ellen plug. <laughs> you, <laughs> finally, you interrupted look-
0: me setting up the premise to plug Ellen. <laughs> 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 finally, finally, she'll look at our not resume. all Ellen
2: plugs are created equal because that is one hell of a plug. That, that is. It's the most fascinating Ellen plug I've ever heard. Yeah. So.
0: That is. And I, for, for my part, I got so little sleep that I watched a Teen Titans Go episode before we started setting up for this. And I'm pretty sure by this time tomorrow I'll have convinced myself I just hallucinated it. Because it was like the Teen Titans take on Rixty Minutes and just it was so <laughs> fucked up. It's just like one of the shows is just called the Jelly Necks and it's just the Teen Titans with big wobbly necks and they do nothing but scream. Uh, <laughs> I'm
1: into my Johnson, bro.
0: Yeah. Um. But yeah, they so <laughs> our top five is going to be focusing on open worlds set in Manhattan. There is one that you will not find on this list, because I figure, well, Spider-Man is the thing that inspired this list, and we we know that the one that just came out is easily probably the best take on Manhattan, and there are several Spider-Mans that also have great takes on Manhattan. There's this one.
3: This is the city I protect. New York City. It's my home. My playground. My responsibility. My
0: <laughs> uh, oh wait, am I holding a phone? Was, oh, was that two or three? Because he voiced both That was of them. T- he. T- he voiced all three. Of did them. he do all? Three? Yeah. Okay. That was. That he was did. two. Yeah. Okay. That was two. the good one. The, yeah. Uh, the best one. The, the best one of yeah. the three. Okay. Yeah. Definitely.
2: Movie wise and video game wise. Yeah. yeah.
0: And you go back. You go back and play it now, and it's just like, well, this has aged very badly. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's still fun. Uh, it it feels like playing in Toy Town now, uh, oddly, because it's like this all looks like just. Little scale models of Manhattan that you would build in your basement rather than actual, like an actual city, but it felt amazing in 2004. And uh, I, I had wanted to talk about some of the 9 11 stuff briefly because every, every game that uh, they kind of tried to create a realistic one to one, more or less, Manhattan, like you it's can. Go- ruined! Huh? It's ruined. 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 Yeah, but you can go to that space, and it's interesting to see what each game does to try to fill it. Spider-Man 2 probably was the most poignant. I mean, this came out in 2004, I think. 2004, 2005. The wounds were still very fresh. Uh, And you go there, and it seems to just be a featureless lot in the shape of uh, One World Trade Center. But there are two batteries of spotlights, and if you swing by it at night, you can see... It's basically just these two columns of light that are... uh, And it's a nice little understated memorial that Mm. you can can find as an Easter egg.
1: That was the memorial for several years, wasn't it? that was the actual memorial, I remember. Mm.
3: Yeah, the two lights going up. Yeah, yeah, so that was was one example. What are some other games on this list, or maybe not on this list? Well, I
0: wanted to bring up another one that's not on this list.
3: (laughs) Where did you first wear the black suit? Battle world. It's not very peaceful there. I'm listening.
0: That's from uh, Spider-Man Web of Shadows. Another Manhattan-set Spider-Man game. Um, and that is from the trivia competition that Wolverine puts you up to while he's fighting you. You have to, you have to answer uh, Marvel trivia questions and you being voiced by Yakko, apparently, in that clip. Yeah, is yeah. Like, Battleworld! <laughs> <laughs> but that's another one. I, I think, like, the Oscorp Tower is just, like, where the, the Twin Towers were in, in mm. that version of Manhattan. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm bringing this down.
3: <laughs> well, I wanted to I wanted to really quickly, as you set up the premise, maybe talk a little bit about why Manhattan, for a while, was the perfect location to base a video game and, and I think partly is that Manhattan's really unique in that it is just this city that's an island that isn't that large when you compare it to the like the actual geographic size of other cities mm-hmm. and because it is it's surrounded by water and, and you, you, the only way to get on and off is these few Sorry, bridges God. or whatever that lends itself perfectly to video games where especially back in the early 2000s you know where technologically you're, you're kind of limited with the size of your maps, you can come up with very video gamey excuses like, hey, you can't leave the island because of this. The bridge is closed, yeah. the bridge collapsed, or whatever. And so yeah. it was fucking like this perfect... Spirit. The Hudson is the perfect spirit barrier. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. <Really>? Yeah. Nobody <laughs>
0: wants to swim there, don't even try. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Which did you, one did of you of see my the guy issues? do it in Spider-Man? What? He he did like
3: 80 flips off of the tallest I building in the yeah. world, And then yeah. when you land... So one of my he issues with Spider-Man... He scooted across it to, like, a fucking, like a lizard... Yeah, but then you do the tricks. If you do the trick roll, and when you hit the surface, you just keep somersaulting on the surface mm-hmm. of the water.
0: <laughs> it's like Samus
3: rolling with the morph ball. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Um, yeah,
3: but I mean, another reason I think Manhattan is perfect for video games is it is it has the number streets. It's like this perfect, you know, everything is city blocks. Like, mm-hmm. it's, the, it's a great... You can get it's very easy to get your bearings I guess is what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's grid like but at the same time there's a lot of diversity in the architecture. Mm-hmm. There's Central Park which is kind there's of fun lo- to yeah, see. in the middle. Yeah, lots of well there's
3: landmarks in general like that yeah. you can kind of just you can get the rest of the city wrong, it can just be an approximation, as long as you have the Empire State in the general location, Central Park in the general mm-hmm. location, or the Twin Towers, like yeah. you're saying, or the, or the Memorial, it's like, oh, yeah, this is New York City.
0: And there's so much verticality there, so if you've got a game with, like, Spider-Man or another superhero who can jump or fly, then uh, it's it's great to just kind of use these buildings as a vertical playground. And uh, it, you know, it just, it makes it so much bigger when you add that vertical space, because Manhattan is...
3: I mean, it's not small, but it's relatively small right. for video game world, so... That's very true, and actually that's one thing I, I did... I noticed that in this Spidey, is I'm like, wow most games now are just going so much bigger with with their level maps and and so like yeah this is a bigger probably than any manhattan has ever been in the spidey game but it still feels contained not not that that's necessarily a bad thing i think they do a lot in the space yeah i, I can't tell
1: if it feels can- contained or like swinging across the world is so fun you unlocked fast travel so soon and it's not necessary
3: yeah i haven't you know i i just swing everywhere cuz it's super and especially once you get your flow down and you can go super fast totally like, yeah it's 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 a joy to get from place to place. And it isn't that big where you're like, I mean, I guess I could fast travel or I'm just going to spend three minutes going going around the mm-hmm. city. Yeah, and, well,
0: and, and,
2: and I think that's one of the things that this game did really well is just keeping the momentum going, oh, yeah. right? Because that's kind of one of the things that... Uh, doesn't contribute very well to the aging of a game like Spider-Man 2 or Ultimate Spider-Man, for that matter, mm-hmm. where you could uh, stop your momentum pretty flat by just pancaking into the side of a building. Then you have to find a way to get going again. And in in the new game, you can just keep going and keep going. You can launch yourself off of parts of rooftops or water yep. towers, and it's just it's joyful. That's like the only it, way I
3: think. It, I think it it's even calls
1: it. the the circle button an air break. You to stop in midair by using the dodge <laughs> function. I, I
3: think it, one of the reasons it, or one of the ways it does that, is it borrows from. I'm guessing one of the games on our list is is the prototype wall run or Incredible Hulk wall run. Like Spidey has that run now, and you can't even if you hit a building, he'll just keep running on it as long as you're holding the R2 yeah. button.
0: Yeah, it's mm-hmm.
3: and that, that that just keeps your flow going, like no matter what.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it, and it was really weird, like going back to Spider-Man Two while researching this list and. Feeling like, okay, well, the 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 web swinging, like, that's so instantly familiar and adaptable in the new Spider-Man that I figured, like, okay, it must have been the same way back then. And you go back and play it, and it's like, oh, okay, no, this is sort of weird, where it's like, you push a button, and that, that e- one button push equals one web, and then to break the web, you have to, like, hold down jump So you charge a jump while you're swinging, and then you let go... And uh, you, you fly off into space, and that's a little... It takes a few minutes to get used to, although it's still pretty intuitive. But then, mm-hmm. uh, at the same time, you've be, because you have to untether yourself, you can also have two webs at the same time and just sort of slingshot yourself, which is kind of a cool move that is no longer present. Right. But mm. do you really need it? I don't know.
1: I mean, that zip jump, If well, you, you should unlock that first. Yes, that's yeah. the best. That thing's cool. It's like, it's like that Arkham equivalent of like making your... Uh, grapple speed up like immediately and launch you.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the grapple boost. Yeah, They yeah, have the that boost. and
3: the move where you can do just the X button to zip ahead a little bit while midair twice in a row instead of once. That will keep mm-hmm. your combos going like a lot longer. And then there's a third one which is like if you hit the ground, you roll and immediately spring up and just continue as if you're swinging. So even then it doesn't slow you. Because that's the one thing right now that's slowing me down is if I hit the ground, I have to take a moment to then figure out what wall am I running up. Whereas that one just lets you basically do a somersault and then pop back up and keep swinging. Mm.
2: And I noticed a huge spike in the speed that I was able to accomplish, especially after the uh, like the drone challenges really emphasize keeping your speed going because uh, there's also an upgrade that you can do where you launch off of like a water tower or a, a chimney or something, and you can greatly increase the distance that you travel if you time the the jump button perfectly when you go off of it and there's like a... A plume of smoke yeah. as you like double your distance forward, and mm. it's just—they like, did a really good job of keeping that moment. Like vibrates
1: the world. I still can't hit it with a hundred percent consistency, but that's again—that should be the first thing you unlock. Same, yes, because it really yeah. speeds you up. I, I only noticed it doing
3: the the graphical thing, like when you're starting a chain on that. Like I'll do it mid-chain, and because you're already going so fast, it doesn't necessarily do the thing. I don't know. I feel like we're going to talk a lot about Spidey toward the end of the show, <laughs> probably. <laughs> so maybe maybe this is a great time for into a break and come back with a tough fun? yeah
0: yeah so uh we will explore our top five recreations of Manhattan and New York City right after this
2: would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the laser time crew? then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser it supports not only this show
0: but all the rest of the laser time network you'll get commentaries play games with the hosts see exclusive videos first and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time speaking of which here's a quick taste
1: but there and then um somebody just randomly wanted to have a um cannibal movie feature a uh, double feature so they brought like all their oh, friends made like cupcakes with like body parts on uh-huh. them and like to Camel the musical <laughs> and Raw you know so it was they just felt like I it I remember it
3: somebody for their birthday uh, showed the Blu-ray HD version of uh, Necromantic
0: yeah oh my and
1: invited god
2: invited all their
3: friends what out Necromantic <laughs>
2: <at all? laughs> oh my god. it's a German horror oh film where god. a chick fucks a corpse it's like the whole movie is about her fucking yeah, a corpse That's pretty much and there's a sequel right, too but
1: uh yeah hey come
0: rent <laughs> it at Cap city video <laughs> <laughs> and we have both of them oh my god yeah. but I just thought it was so
4: great you know she brings all her friends and
3: they're like oh I don't know what this movie is it and was then you had people
2: blast. you had people coming out during the movie just to catch their breath they're like I don't know truly like, like I mean, multiple people and just I mean, like, this like my losing my friend, their but, minds oh, in there oh man I gotta go outside and have a smoke break this movie's horrifying yeah
3: <laughs> Get Bonus Time, a weekly, uncensored, and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LaserTime.
0: And welcome back to what, Chris? Uh, We're still talking about Spider-Man, right? Yeah, Open World New York's oh, InVidja Games. Uh, beginning with our... Number 5! Right, the uh, the fidelity on that sound went way downhill somewhere, but uh, you can kind of hear the roars. But any guesses as to what this one might be? Does Does Chris have a guess? Because if I think we might have the same guess.
1: Mm, is that prototype? It is not. But but is it another Marvel character? It is. Oh. oh, it's got to be. Uh, it's got to be Captain Incredible Hulk. Yes, uh, this is
0: Ultimate Destruction. No, actually, Ultimate Destruction. It was in a Manhattan-like city, but right. For a okay, full recreation of Manhattan. The, the Sega Ed did. Norton one. Yep, it, it is very, very Ed Norton.
4: I've gotten used to the brutality of the monster, but there are times when he surprises me by reaching out and helping someone in need. I both
3: cherish and dread those moments Because as much as I want to take credit For his good deeds I also have to take responsibility for his crimes
0: Yeah see it's not just,
3: uh,
1: not just I do not miss him at all no. It's not just Toby, <laughs> Toby What is it with you. these like, Toby really Maguire's. excellent actors yes.
3: You get them in the VGA, or video game recording studio And they immediately just talk like this yeah, They think they pen, they're too good know? For
1: the fucking medium
3: Yeah, I guess. It just makes me appreciate Troy Baker and Nolan
2: North that much more. Or Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill. Fuck
0: yes. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Yeah, you know, he doesn't have anything to act to. It's not like he and Tim Roth are in the same studio.
3: Something attacked us in
4: there, General. It was not a gorilla. If Banner knows what it was, I'm going to find him, I'm going to put my foot in his throat, and then I'm going
0: to ask him. That was (laughs) Banner. You're going to have to explain that statement, sir. So this this is Sega's Incredible Hulk. But but very much patterned after Ultimate Destruction. Oh, 100%. Like, yes. to the point where they, they straight-up uh, lifted ideas and movesets. You, you can't do as many cool things. Like, I don't think you can uh, rip a car in half and turn it into Hulk hands. You can't surf on buses or on inflatable apes. Um, <laughs> but there is one very specific thing that you can do that is the reason this otherwise pretty mediocre game was included in this list. And that is, as the Hulk, you can smash buildings into rubble. You can... To the ground. You can run around Manhattan and pound buildings until they just... It's like it's like Rampage. They just start shaking and then just flatten into the ground and leave a pile of rubble.
1: But it, it still makes me laugh when I went to a, a demo at the Sega building that's now the Zynga building? Uh-huh. A sad statement. I, uh, the, the, I was... You couldn't actually help but turn buildings to rubble because even like yeah. a small like hip check, if you like turn around and pick up a dime, like ooh Hulk oh, sorry ooh Hulk oh, sorry <laughs> the whole built the whole town is coming down. Well,
0: even if you don't mean to, like you're being shot at constantly, so the the constant barrage of weapons fire will do a lot to help bring down whatever building you happen to be standing next to. Uh, the difference is that there is an incentive to do this, in that if you smash famous landmarks, you'll get special tokens. Uh, and this includes not just real landmarks, but Marvel landmarks. I was uh, roaming around in it yesterday and found Doctor Strange's house. And it's like, wow, this the is... Sanctum
2: Santorum? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't the Baxter building in that game, too? Just found it that is. in Spidey, by the way.
3: That's a that's a cool little thing to stumble upon. The yeah, yeah, it's in, it's in the new friend. game too.
1: But like the Baxter Building is not. That's what I I, I don't about. know. I could be wrong. I haven't seen the
2: Avengers Building either.
3: The, I've seen the Aven- The Avengers Building is. It's one of the landmarks. In yeah, yeah. There's
2: also a trophy associated with perching on top of Avengers Tower too.
3: Oh yeah, I think I got that.
1: It should be called Temporary Movie Alliance.
0: <laughs> yeah, they don't they don't have the Sentry Tower like they do in Web of Shadows, which is like on the southernmost tip of Manhattan and. Really, that that's just sort of baffling. Like, why does one hero who works mostly alone need an office building? Exactly. Does he rent out the space for money, or does he... It's in his name. If you're a century, you need yeah. to be in a tower, Michael. Oh, Otherwise, okay. you're
3: just a guy on the ground. <laughs>
0: but it's totally an office building. Like, what do you need all this space for? Like... You have a support
3: staff that constantly monitors things.
4: What?
0: <laughs>
3: well, so this is this is Sega's superhero game period, where the only ones I mm. really remember were this and Iron Man. Yeah, and then they were they got and, the fuck out. And Iron
0: Man two, I think. <laughs> yeah,
1: and then they,
3: they well, switched well, to
0: mobile well, development with yeah. Iron Man. And 3. the the
1: highest rated one was the Captain America. game. Yes, yes.
2: Uh, issue number ten of Comics on Consoles. My podcast actually dealt with the Iron Man game and. Oh, man, it was just such a missed (laughs) opportunity. And because, really, those devs were talented guys. I think it was just a crunch on time because their resources were split between two concurrent projects. And Sega said, make us a 3D Golden Axe game. Also, make us a really good Iron Man game. And they're like, well, we need more money. We need more resources. And they just kind of went, no, go.
0: No, we used all that money to hire Ed Norton to deliver flat lines. (laughs)
1: Because yeah, the Iron Man games did not have Downey, or at least the first one. Did. The
2: fir- okay. So here's the weird part: the first game had Downey for about twenty five percent of the entire experience. They was it hired like just
1: lines from the movie. It was
2: only cut scenes where he didn't have a helmet on his face, and every other time you hear Iron Man with his- with a helmet on, it was a voice actor named Stephen Stanton, who mm. I think right now is probably most famous for voicing Grand Moff Tarkin in Star Wars Rebels. But he came away with like kind of a pale downy imitation, but yeah, every other time that you don't see him uh, with uh, with a helmet on his face, that is actually downy, but it accounts for maybe a quarter of all of the voice work for Iron Man.
0: Yeah. Makes me think of uh, The Godfather, another yeah. uh, game that had a Manhattan that you could play through, which was a weird like, again, very toy town-esque 1940s Manhattan. Uh, but But part of their claim to fame was like, we got Marlon Brando to record his lines, well technically only because uh we got him into a recording studio, but the lines were unusable, so it's a sound-alike for like 99% of the game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, our, our next
1: episode of Laser Time deals with like anything Marlon Brando did after like 1977 was awful. Yeah, and, <laughs> and He was horrible just, to deal with.
0: Just to fuck with he, people. Like, if you read the yeah. behind-the-scenes stuff about Island of Dr. Moreau, it's very clear. Like, you oh, were just man. unhappy with the director, and you were fucking with him relentlessly. Michael, that is exactly what we're talking
3: All about. Right. Wait, yeah, I want
1: you to paint my face white and find me this small person and dress him just like me put him <laughs> in every scene where
3: does Superman and Superman to the Donner cut fit into that thing Chris
1: uh, well the the I think the Superman Returns used new brand Brando like unused Brando dialogue from the Donner recording it was
2: so weird what they did because yes they yeah. because they shot the original stuff with Brando on black velvet so they basically just had a head but the stuff in Superman Returns required him to say Lines that I guess were only recorded, so they put a CG yeah. mouth on him saying the lines that they needed it's him to say. So they like composited these images that they had from '78 along with separate, disparate dialogue oh, man. and yeah. melt. It was bizarre. I'm just by just the way, great like,
1: people, They wish to be. <laughs>
0: Just imagining something like those Rob Smigel bits on Conan. <laughs> uh,
3: by the way, Chris, you have a name for the show. Brandon on Black Velvet is perfect for that theme. No, <laughs> I swear, I swear to Christ,
1: this show is about. Um, Behind the, like documentaries about the making of movies, and every time Marlon Brando is involved, it makes the best documentary in <laughs> the
3: worst. Because he was weird, but was he as weird as good? Could, could did it, did they get full live Tyler in their game like the Incredible Hulk did? No, I think not. That's right. She wasn't was in, <laughs> in the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, as was William Hurt.
2: Yeah, well you, you know one of the things that I think is a little bit fascinating about the Incredible Hulk, especially during that era of video games. Is that you often had, especially with those Marvel games? Really, most uh, third-party AAA games, there was a separate version that would go out onto the Wii because it was so it was oh, so yeah. Really, yeah. less powerful than the other systems. But the Hulk game, they actually ported the proper 360 PS3 version over to the Wii. Oh, damn! And it works okay. I've played it. It's, I mean, it's certainly not the preference.
0: It's not the prettiest game, even on 360. No. Um, its draw so distance
2: is awful. If you, you go up to the top of those buildings, they just look like gray blocks in the distance.
0: You can you can sort of imagine they probably designed it with the Wii version in mind and then just upresed it, like mm-hmm. added on a few extra levels of detail. Sure.
3: Little-known fact: The Incredible Hulk is colorblind and incredibly nearsighted, and so that explains that draw distance. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all there in. There you the go. It's that? all in. And of
2: course. something that was also kind of interesting that I thought was actually a pretty good idea, because really, out of the there were only four games made for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It was this, it was the two Iron Man games, and it was Captain America. If you had an Iron Man I, save. I'm, on your Thor. system, then you unlock the Hulkbuster suit in the Incredible Hulk game, really? which I thought was
1: interesting, huh? Because they led they led with that picture like very early on, and that was I remember how excited I got to see that was the first comic Hulkbuster thing I'd seen. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, they did a pretty good job designing it because you could unlock it in the Iron Man game as well, and it looked like the, I mean, they I don't know if they were identical models between the two games, but it did a pretty decent job predicting how it would eventually look in Age of Ultron.
3: Totally. Oh, nice what a world we live in that the Hulkbuster thing, like once sort of an insider reference, is now just because of the movies. Like everyone knows what it is. And they probably just Mm -hmm. associate the Bruce Banner, like inept, you know, where he's, Sorry to spoil this, but he's in the Hulkbuster suit for part of that movie. Ah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, there it, are some interesting theories when I, about that. When
1: I talk to my friend's kids about Marvel, like, ten years' worth of movies have sort of caught them up to 30 years of me reading comics. <laughs> they know almost everything I do. <laughs> yeah. I have no ex-
3: excess knowledge. I use the word inept on purpose Mark, because it's so close to impotent, uh, <laughs> which is my theory on that scene.
0: Well, interesting thing, bringing it back to the game, is that it... Uh, well, first off, since we were talking about the other Marvel movie games, uh, the Captain America one, I remember, I think that came out last and that was yes. the one people were so disinterested in the, the franchise by then that like most people I knew ignored it and I, uh, got to review it and I was like, holy shit, this is actually a pretty decent, uh, Arkham Asylum like, and yeah, so it's not bad. Yeah. I was yeah. telling all my friends like, no, actually this is pretty good. You should play it. You'd enjoy it. Uh, but uh, the, the Hulk game did something, kind of again borrowed a page from Ultimate Destruction and especially Spider-Man 2 in that like, it's sort of an adaptation of the movie but it's also, it also adds in a bunch of scenes and characters that aren't in the movie and came right out of the comics Thanks for saving me My
3: name's Rick Jones <laughs> Whoa Whoa what was that? Are you okay? I've been better.
0: I love that Rick Jones gets that really jazzy soundtrack, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> theme music. Like, yeah, like, I'm a character like something from out the of the La 60s. Noir, almost.
2: Yeah, Kinda weird. Well, you know, I think that, uh, and I, I hate to bring it back again, but Spider-Man Two, I think, is one of the things, or maybe even the original Spider-Man movie game kind of pushed comic book games in that direction where Mm -hmm. you know there was a time where all the publishers said we have to have a game to go with this movie but we also need to have more stuff for gamers to do that's not necessarily in the movie like uh on my most recent episode of comics on consoles we had chris baker on uh CB! Wor- I love Chris Baker. Worked for Marvel Games, of course. Yeah, he's, he's a yeah. really good guy. And he was talking about how one of the people that he worked with pointed out that for the original Spider-Man movie game, they actually took right. extra villains based on some of the earliest uh, villains that Spidey went up against in Amazing. So, like, Kraven the Hunter is in there. Oh, I think Shocker yeah. is, is in there. Is Vulture and in there? Incredible Hulk continues that sort of legacy in, in putting in some more stuff from the comics since they can and it got to some weird places by like 2014 but really most of the time that stuff is going to be welcome introductions to other characters. Yeah
0: well one thing we, we talked about briefly last week with, with talking about Spider-Man 2 is that it kind of like at, at that time uh, games that would like pad out a movie's plot by adding in a bunch of extraneous shit were nothing new but mm-hmm. Spider-Man 2 is one of the only ones I can think of that's like you actually added good things uh, that are interesting, yeah. and in many cases, more interesting than the things that came out of the movie itself. Like, again, I, I always like to draw attention to the Mysterio boss fights, where, yes. like,. He keeps yeah. uh, escalating and creating these bigger and bigger death traps until he suddenly starts to run out of money. And then it gets kind of cheesy and hokey to, until he's, like, robbing a convenience store and you get that great moment where his health bar fills up, like, ten times and you rub it, <laughs> run up and take him down with one punch. And uh, and the Black Cat storyline that was in there, I thought was, like, a lot more compelling than the Mary Jane love story in that game. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, um... But yeah, Hulk is is a is an interesting oddity. Uh, again, like the Spider-Man games, like this is not a game that you can, I think, buy online anywhere because it's it's out of print. The license right. is expired. Um yep.
1: but you can't download it. You can buy old discs. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so, Before you jump on Michael in the comments. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you can't links. buy
0: old discs. Obviously, I, I ran into that recently. Like. Uh, I was actually trying to buy Amazing Spider-Man 2 a while ago and was disappointed. Like, oh, it's not online anywhere. It's, it's it's not. only a couple years old, but I can't seem to buy a copy. And then, like, finally got one on eBay. It was like disc only, twenty five bucks. Like, fine. <laughs> wow. Those, Even though I know li- it's a bad game, I want to I want to try it.
2: Those licenses seem to come and go really quickly because not mm-hmm. too long ago, Activision re-released new gen ports of both of the Ultimate Alliance games along with the okay. Deadpool game. And that was like yes. maybe two years ago, and they're already off of the stores. You can't yeah. buy them electronically like, anymore either. I think
3: that was oh, really? Business Insider. That was them saying, this license is expiring. we got to make as much money on this thing as... Well, Swap. so mm-hmm. here's
2: the weird part. The, on the 360 store, those games were available, and then they went away. And then with the resurgence of the license, with the remasters, they came available again on the 360 store, and then they went away again. It's like, if they show up again... You should snatch them up because I actually had something like that. I uh, shattered dimensions for the Spider-Man game for some reason became available again, so I snatched that up quickly. And I don't think you can get that anymore either. It's like they nope. got a temporary deal to restore the license, and then it expired, and now the games are gone again.
1: It's so because if you if you still have a PS3 or Vita, you are free to download Activision's A Bug's Life and Peter Pan: Return to Neverland, <laughs> yep. and any shitty Disney game on PS1 that ever existed. Wow, really? like they do not care it's like yeah fine just don't add anything new to it and just throw it up there Mm -hmm. that's fine but the Marvel stuff yeah they're super fucking weird about that and I'm still not over I'm not over it Marvel was clearly not happy with the Sega agreement and just after that just had a fucking scorched earth policy with games based on its films and have left left us in the lurch for 10 fucking years. It's a, it's a, it
2: bothers the hell out of me. I forgot about Thor God of Thunder and oh, yeah. honestly, I would have a scorched earth policy myself if I had that, to play that the, damn the thing. DS again. One that the DS1 might, might be the worst one.
0: pretty good though.
2: Yeah, the DS1,
1: yeah. But but the, the the Wii and PS was it Wii and P, 360? Yeah. Like that shit like it's very strange because Thor even with Chris Hemsworth, looks like the most generic video game of all time. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Fight ice creatures.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: A lot. Yeah, I remember you, you streamed that
0: at one point. It was awful. Uh,
1: yeah, we streamed all of them uh, for the second Avengers movie. And, and so we have video proof that Captain America Super Soldier holds up the best.
0: Ugh. Although uh, the Lego Marvel Super Heroes games are pretty decent, as yeah. Lego games yes. go. If,
1: if you're bad Yeah. And, or the father to a bad And I <laughs>
0: want to say one last thing about this, and I promise this is the last thing I'll say both about Hulk and 9-11 stuff in general. Uh, this is the only recreation of Manhattan that I'm aware of that actually reflected what the World Trade Center space looked like at the time of its release, which was like you go there and it's just this giant excavated pit. Mm. Uh, and you can, you can jump down in it and beat up robots on hallowed ground uh, which feels very, very horrible. But yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a strange, strange experience, and and weird that they decided to put that there. But on that wonderful note, number four, I suspect New York
4: will prosper under your launch, Master Cormac. You can do great things for the city and its citizens.
0: After all, a man needs purpose. Oh, uh, any guesses as to what this is? Uh Hudson's
1: Adventure Island.
0: Uh well you're close. It does involve the Hudson in some form. Maybe if uh if I throw in an action scene.
4: Here he is! That's that hooligan! <laughs>
1: <laughs> Michael gave me bait, I don't understand I've, what the- I've doing.
0: got one more that's gonna make it super
2: obvious. Their boss has
3: hired Benjamin Franklin to produce new weapons for them.
2: He's very well guarded. Benjamin I Franklin. I mean, I the scientist? You have heard of him? Good. He is making
1: equipment to spread gases among the populace. Toxic ones, as it turns
4: out. The populace? I thought they would use it against the authorities. Though that would be terrible as well.
0: This is Assassin's Creed Rogue. New York actually appeared as a city in both Assassin's Creed 3 and Assassin's Creed Rogue. Rogue took place a bit earlier, so it was kind of a more complete city because by the time Assassin's Creed 3 rolls around, half the city's burned down
3: in the Great Fire of, I think, 1776. <laughs> Matt just shrugged at me. You know why no one got that one? Because no one played Assassin's Creed Rogue. Oh! <laughs> Sorry. Well, they you missed know. out. Even with the re release. No, it was the better game of the same. It came out the same year as Unity mm-hmm. on the previous gen consoles, and then they. Yeah, and Unity did what we all know Unity did, and then yeah, this was this this basically was sort of like a continuation of AC Four gameplay a little bit more, mm-hmm. and then they re-released it, and I don't I don't know what the sales were on the re-release, but uh, that that was your chance, like that, yeah,
0: Assassin's Creed Rogue remastered, it's yeah. out there, yeah, and it supports
3: four K. This is the one where you play as a Templar.
0: Yes, you play as a disillusioned assassin who becomes a Templar. Because uh, the assassins send you to mess with these precursor sites, and it turns out that the ones they have their eye on, uh, when you take out these gadgets from them, they cause massive earthquakes. So they're sort of like holding these uh, fault lines together. And uh, the assassins won't listen, so you clearly have no choice but to defect to the people you've ideologically opposed on every level for your entire life. Um, but yeah, this, this is an interesting take on like, a you know, colonial era New York with uh, not so much skyscrapers and taxis, but like lots of clapboard buildings and things that you can rebuild and big open fields, but still plenty of opportunities for climbing around on cool architecture. Um, <laughs> am I seriously the only one who's played this?
3: I'm
1: sorry. Yeah. yeah, I think it's your job, right? We talked uh, about
3: maybe 3, but th- I think the thing with 3 is that New York is just one of the locations because mm-hmm. well, three- right. in this it's yeah.
0: one of the locations as well. It's just the only real urban location. Yeah. Uh because th- there's New York and then there's like the River Valley, which is based loosely on something around that region. Uh kind of th- a wilderness that's centered around a river, and then you can just sail into uh the Arctic and blow up icebergs with a fire cannon, which is kind of awesome, because they usually have uh, cool items inside.
2: Yeah, I, you know, I think I'm... When it comes to Assassin's Creed, I have only played one and three. Mm. Uh, But I have them all. It's weird. It's like, I know that these are games that I can really get into, but I just haven't gotten around to them yet. But when it comes to three... I mean it was great being able to to walk around the revolutionary era New York City but yeah it wasn't a, it wasn't a particularly big location in that game but the command of uh I felt like it had a pretty good command of scale even though it was a relatively limited location and I find that era of American history fascinating anyways so mm-hmm. that was why I skipped over the Ezio trilogy oh. before but I'll, I'll I'll double back to Two it. Two Brotherhood,
0: point. Four and Origins are I think objectively the best. Hmm. So and somebody's mm-hmm. gonna yell at me for that. But
3: <laughs> Um Michael, I was I was talking about how this is basically really similar to four. They had to limit ship combat I think it was more river-based or something. It it
0: was kind of more river-based. There was a little bit more ship stealth also, where you sail quietly behind these people at night. But then you get down into the the Arctic Ocean, and it's this big open environment. Uh, You have more guns. Actually, you had a a puckle gun, which was like... It's like a proto-machine gun hundreds of years before those actually came into existence and it's like in the real world it only exists as a design on
3: paper but like
0: you actually have the only prototype and you mount it on your ship and you can just blast it away at other ships
3: yeah I was gonna ask about the other. there's new other new stuff like the oil slick on the ship Mm -hmm. combat so yeah you can can just do more which which is weird because for origins they they have ship combat again but it seems very similar to what I remember from AC4 like they didn't necessarily keep a lot of the new systems yeah
0: in in origins and, and to a certain degree Odyssey it feels a lot like AC4 uh, with arrows and javelins instead of cannons and I mean there's kind of different rhythms to using the new weapons and uh, you, you get used to it and you realize like oh, okay you have this thing where you can add a fire brazier to your ship and if you shoot enough fire arrows at the other ship then you can get it get them to a point where they're completely incapacitated because of all the fire, but that's in the game that's coming out next month. I was going to say, are you
3: game. leaking info on in Odyssey? No, no, tell. no. The, <laughs> the embargo's up. People can talk about it now. Um, what other? So because you know he he joins the Templars, and the Templars obviously they have more resources than the Assassins. Oh yes. What other neat toys does he have available to him in hand to hand and other kind of? I mean, you
0: know? he has an air rifle which he steals from George Washington's <laughs> older brother early on, and then he meets Ben Franklin, who's like. I've designed a grenade launcher for this. Here, <laughs> stick it onto your air rifle and, and yes, you get a, a friggin' grenade launcher and you can launch like explosive like shrapnel or sleep grenades, gas grenades. And and yeah, you actually have like assassins that you will chase who can like throw down gas bombs and you have to like uh be quick to put up a gas mask, like it's—it's it's just like a bandana that's probably been soaked in urine or something gross like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, it's—it's it's a really fun game, and and uh, I'm glad you prompted me on that because, like, another cool aspect to it is because you spend most of the game as a Templar hunting assassins. The assassins are also hunting you, so you kind of get to find out what it's like to be on the other side of the things that you've been doing in the series up to that point, where like. You'll just hear, like, an ominous whispering. It's like, okay, there's an assassin hiding somewhere around here. And you have to figure out, like, are they on a rooftop above me? Are they in that haystack over there? And uh, if you can find them before they jump out and attack you, you can kill them. But uh, a lot of the time they'll just, like, surprise, motherfucker! And just, like, drop down on you and stab you and run away. It was a really cool thing to be able to explore this, uh, just sort of agrarian version of New York that, uh, Somehow also has like sky hooks that you could uh, use as like a like zip lines. But not like downward sloping zip lines, just horizontal zip lines that have a hook. You know, just just jump on and ride across. Sure. The famed yeah.
3: offensive mover of at Billigabar, the sky hook. Sure. That's what you had in that game. Yeah. Just yeah. right over there. But head.
1: not like sky hook the prototype Wayne Industries thing that Captured Bruce Wayne outside of the Hong Kong building
3: <laughs>
0: when
2: he extricated that.
0: I'm making a Dark Knight well, reference. And you all, look funny, silly funny. You should mention uh, prototypes
2: because. Oh, ho, ho. Number three. With respect, sir, a suppression operation in a city of 12 million is slightly more than my men can handle. Now, the situation has already evolved, Captain. You're not participating in the
0: containment action. Your team has a single target: Alex Mercer, codenamed Zeus.
2: He's carrying a new strain. He's eliminated 50 of my men and smashed through a two-foot steel door. You interested? I'm your man, sir.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to fight with that thing. Um, You guys know what this is, right? Hell yeah. I've worked on
3: this game. Oh, that's right. Yeah, this was. So I was at Vivendi when this was. This is
0: prototype, by uh, this,
3: the way. Yeah, the prototype. Um, so this was developed by Radical Entertainment, the same people that did Incredible Hulk Ultimate Destruction, which is why the game mm-hmm. basically plays just like Ultimate Destruction. And
0: also Scarface.
3: Yeah, yeah, uh, that's right. Um, and so this was at the time owned by Vivendi. And when the Activision acquisition of Vivendi, where basically Vivendi Parent bought Activision with Vivendi Games stock, this was, I think, the sole game that came up o- that was like in production that came over that Activision did choose to release other than I mean they kept the rights to uh, Spyro and then they eventually did the Spyro Skylander stuff and then they kept the rights to crash which as we all know now they just did the, the crash stuff but yeah um, it was this and brutal legend and Ghostbusters were like our our three things we were working on at the time at Vivendi that we were like these are gonna be big and we all like had a lot of faith in these and eventually, I want to say Atari ended up publishing Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brutal Legend went to EA. EA, yep. right? Um, yep. there, after some the- lawsuit issues with Activision about who actually owned Letters. One, what did, it, one I mean. or
0: the other at one point had wanted to turn it into a, either a Guitar Hero or Rock Band game.
3: Right. Yes. Yes, well, I... I, I was part of some meetings where we talked about some yeah. fun stuff there. but um, And then, yeah, this, this was the one that, because Radical basically got absorbed by Activision and became an in-house studio, uh, that actually did see the light of day and then eventually had its sequel. Yeah,
0: and Prototype probably would have made it onto our list of uh, non-comic superhero games last week, except that you are very much not a superhero in this. You are a supervillain. You are a monster who eats people... At random. And I I love, uh, it's it's one of the things I like about this game a lot. Uh, If you need to let off some rage, it can feel pretty fun to just like equip the whip thing and just jump into a crowd and start button mashing and see like pieces of people flying all over the
3: place. Yeah, wasn't that how you healed yourself, is you basically yes, sucked you up you ate people,
0: and that healed
1: you. <laughs> yeah, them. But, but, like, you did it as you ran, so it was hard. Yeah, yeah, you
3: didn't, yeah, it wasn't with your mouth, you just
0: absorbed <laughs> you, them. you just grabbed someone, and then, like, throw them into the air, and grab them with, like, a tentacle, and... Yeah, the the way that you, it, it happened was so weird, it's just like that they would be sort of dissolved into pieces that would float around your body and disappear.
3: It's actually the way I think like actual amoeba and stuff work when they absorb mm-hmm. something. But I think, Chris, was it on 302010 a few weeks back you were talking about the blob? Like in how that movie we grew up with, like it was this like yes, big yeah. horror movie, and that it's so ridiculous when you watch that now. Like, what? a oh, Come on, what a lame premise! Like the blob is a yeah. slow moving thing. That, but this would be like, no. If you want to make the blob scary, you make it like this, where like yeah. anything it touches, it just immediately envelopes and dissolves it. And just whoop!
0: Alex Mercer, scary blob. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the Blob Three. Yeah, and I mean you don't you don't
0: have to play him that way. I mean nominally he's a well intentioned person who's just you know hell-bent on his own survival at any cost, but it can be really, really fun to just grab someone out of a crowd and uh, sprint straight up the side of the Empire State Building with them still in your clutches and then jump off and body-slam them into the pavement. Or do it with a taxi. That's that's also fun. Um, but yes, you... you can not only absorb them to heal yourself but you can absorb them to immediately look like them you have a disguise thing that lets you blend in with the
3: humans yeah this was basically your t1000 meets incredible hulk powers yeah so they basically they're like hey you can use this slimy tentacle stuff to make knives out of your hands and be a stabby guy with this or yeah you can you can just look like anyone you want to to hide in crowds you know Mm -hmm. but it's funny you said like in this one you can be more the villain if you really think about it cuz this this game was inspired by incredible by by hulk hulk oh, destruction yeah. hulk is only mm. like incidentally and accidentally heroic a lot of the time uh, as he's portrayed in video games at least like you're you're doing some pretty villainous shit like you said you got bonus tokens or points for just destroying landmarks mm-hmm. in that last game yeah, you know? yeah. i'd love chris uh, your opinion on that being the comic console guy like yeah how how Hulk isn't necessarily always depicted as so heroic in games, or just, acts, you know, he just happens to be a hero because he has worse dudes after him.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's one of the hallmarks of the character in a lot of his most celebrated stories, from in, in comics and in other media. I mean, not just the game, but you go back to the Bill Bixby TV show, that was kind of one of the tenets, is that he's on the run, people are after him, he has to stay one step ahead of it, but he lets the beast out when that's the only option available to him. It's I, I really liked how, at least with the Hulk, Mark Ruffalo characterized the Hulk really well when he said, I think he was doing press for the first Avengers movie, and he said the Hulk is basically just like, it, he's a desperation move. He's a grenade you throw in the middle of the room uh, when you need something destructive. And that worked, I, I thought that that was a really effective explanation for the kind of place that he has in the larger superhero community, because people are terrified of him. I mean, there was a there was a comic book story that came out where he was launched into space by people he thought were his friends, and he ended right. up having to tame a war torn world. They kind of uh, partially adapted that into Thor Ragnarok, but oh, Ragnarok. Uh, I mean, it was one of the more fascinating periods of the comics, at least over the last decade. But no, I would say that that's a very accurate depiction of him overall, especially how he is in contemporary books.
0: Yeah.
1: I love Planet Hulk, but I really hate that cartoon.
2: Movie. Yeah, the, the, that was. I mean, sometimes those animated movies just don't get the spirits of the book. I feel the same way about the All Star Superman animated movie, but that's a whole other thing mm, <laughs> that <yeah>. I don't <laughs> want to throw us down a rabbit hole.
3: <laughs> Everyone,
1: sometime. stop what you're doing and read All-Star All Star right. Superman. Yes, get, my,
3: yeah. my favorite Hulk line this? that uh, that uh, Ruffalo's character says in the movies, and I love it. It's, it's a total reversal of the normal take on the character. Is he's mild mannered until you anger him. And his, mm-hmm. his thing is, no, my secret is I'm always angry, and I'm just yeah. able to suppress it, and then I'm just basically just being myself. And it's just like, yeah. yeah, no, that's how that character should be. He's just always pissed off, and he's able to control it most of the time, but his default state is angry and kickassery, and And that's, um, to bring it back to Alex Mercer, like, his default state in this game is just absolute destruction he can can wreak havoc in whatever he wants to do You sure that hulk's default state shouldn't be but there are times when he surprises me by reaching out and helping someone in need (laughs) i both cherish (laughs) and dread those moments
2: (laughs) hulk help (laughs) well well, with prototype too it kind of it backpedaled into into comics as well because they released a When I was working at a comic book store, we had a six-issue prototype series that DC published through its Wildstorm imprint that I think acted as a Hmm. prequel. I I think I only read a few of those issues, but it, it, it definitely seems to lend itself to the overall concept, and I think at the same time... There was a really good uh, independent book coming out called *Irredeemable* by Mark Wade. I know, yeah. that told the I story lo- the, the Plutonian villain. baby. Yeah, exactly, Love yeah, that. it was a great Love series. But so I was really caught up in that, which was easy for me to sort of transition into uh, *Play and Prototype* and. The traversal, to me, is one of the more... Uh, it's one of the better aspects of that game. I think mm. that's probably what I had the most fun with. Yeah,
0: actually. and it's so fast, and you you have that... Basically, you develop a, a wingsuit, sort of, just that grows out of you and lets you glide for long distances. So mm-hmm. it's, it's... Yeah, it is super fun to get around in this, and the sequel. And I feel like the sequel had a bunch of gameplay improvements, but then the plot became so weird and muddy where it's like, okay, now you're a good guy even though you can uh, still do all the same horrible things uh, and Alex Mercer is the bad guy and you're hunting mm-hmm. him. Um, yeah. yeah, it was a little weird and and yeah, spoiler, uh, Alex Mercer, you find out, it's like, oh I'm not actually Alex Mercer. Yeah. I'm the virus. That was the big twist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. His, <laughs> virus can be anyone. He, he just... tried to swamp thing that shit. I didn't appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, but Alex Mercer, nonetheless, has human thoughts, human memories, in a very singular focus.
3: Revenge was the only clear thought in my head, the only one I could call mine. I thought if I could find out who was running GenTech before Blackwatch erased them too, I could find my past. What did you think that would gain you? Answers. I wanted to find out what happened to me, the reason, someone to blame, someone I could punish tell you the truth, I never thought I'd find her. I wish the hell I never had.
0: Yeah, that's uh, another thing about Prototype, is beca- because you're playing a very horrifying monster, with like all sorts of really gross, organic powers, they have to pit you against someone even more horrifying. And yeah, Blackwatch, the, the secretive, mercenary organization that you're in, and the uh, the, the experiments that they're protecting, it's like, this is some like next-level terror shit uh that like it's it's kind of scary just even as playing a video game as a fiend it's like I I wouldn't want to run into these people and at the same time you're dealing with all these huge monsters that are basically like beefier versions of you without the same cool powers yeah that they just infest buildings as hives but uh Unlike Hulk, you have an advantage in that you can steal and hijack all the weaponry that the mercenaries come after you with, ranging from uh, guns to tanks to uh, attack choppers. And that comes in really handy for leveling the buildings that are infested. Uh, but yeah, that not not just the traversal running on foot, but the, the fact that you can just like fly around the city or hijack a tank or whatever. Uh, I think that adds a lot to this. Yeah. And Chris I'm a little curious where did you fall on the uh, infamous versus prototype debate Oh well
1: prototype because well infamous had a better story but prototype was an instantly accessible game where you could I don't know like it was like a better Spider-Man game from Activision
0: huh. I actually meant Chris
2: Close so yeah, not not you usual Chris
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Well I have more I have more experience with the infamous games and I think that I'm a little bit partial to those, only because at least on the story front, I was able to get invested in the protagonists a little bit more. Hmm. Uh, Particularly infamous uh, Second Son. I I, I got pretty enthralled in, and and that's just a game that looks gorgeous as well. The spin-off game for Second Son... I, it was a PS Plus game, so I gave it a shot, but I, I didn't really play it all that much. First but Light. I, yeah. First, first light. light, yes, thank you. Um, but, I, I mean, I still respect the hell out of Prototype for what it tried to do, because it it, it tried to take the conventions of what you associate with, uh, with tropes that I'm all too familiar with, yeah. and kind of turn them on their heads. And that's kind of, I, I think that's the value that I find the most out of a game like Prototype, personally. Yeah.
0: And I, I definitely like that was such a weird thing. Like I felt like you were either invested in one or the other, and I was definitely mm-hmm. on the prototype side of things. And then I kept seeing people like saying prototypes garbage, Infamous is amazing. Like really, mm. really? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't get it. And but like Brad Shoemaker of Giant Bomb was one of those, and we had him on our old podcast to to talk about it. And I don't know if that was actually a productive conversation, but it was an interesting one. <laughs>
2: Well, I'm reticent to really at the end of the day to call any video game garbage. I mean, I, I, that what word kind of seems... gamer are you? <laughs> <laughs> it seems so well, here's the thing. Okay, so I did an episode of my podcast on a game you guys may have heard of called Aquaman Battle for Atlantis. Mm. Uh the T D K game. It is not regarded as good on really by really any objective measure. But I looked a little bit deeper at the story behind the making of it. And I just, my heart bled for the people who had to put the thing together. And I look at it more as like this tragic product of a terrible situation as opposed to just, well, I'm going to take a, another shit on this game like <laughs> everybody else is. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it seems really, it, it lacks empathy to call the work of potentially hundreds of people Garbage, especially if they had the time, the resources, the energy, and the love to actually put all they can into it. That's a fair so point. I guess, yeah. I mean, I've been called names for for refusing to do that, but that's okay. That's fine.
0: Chrissy, pissy. I
1: know. I know it all too well, brother. Chris has heard
0: them all. Uh, mostly just that one. Uh, yeah, I, I'd never, i never call either game garbage. Uh, I, I do feel like. Uh, I I just felt like Prototype was the more fun game at the time, and I feel like since then they kind of went in opposite directions where, like, Infamous got steadily better, and Prototype just... Yeah, okay, this is... Better in some ways, worse in others, and then it just stopped.
3: Yeah, I, I think at the time, I would have said Infamous was the better game, but now having, you know, when you go back, I think Prototype might age a little better because mm. of the trans, uh, like, the traversal, like getting yeah. around the city.
0: Like, I played it last night. It's still immediately yeah. fun.
3: Yeah, whereas Infamous, that's my one complaint, was just like, it took forever to get enough powers where you could actually get anywhere in, in you know quickly mm-hmm. uh, and then they they figure that out with later games you know they, especially like that one the the vampire standalone expansion i was telling you about where they were like straight up you can fly at yeah. this point whereas prototype was well, always like super fun to get around the city and i think for me it's a lot more to go back it's a lot more approachable at
2: that point. and both the original and the sequel ended up getting ports to current
3: gen didn't they
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah, they they got remastered ports which are still rather expensive. I was just
3: about to say they're usually like $40. Still. You can you can get them both oh, wow. for like 50. Yeah.
0: You can get them individually. I think one is 40 and the other is 30. It's like ludicrous. It's so yeah. way too much. <laughs> That's bizarre. Um <laughs> But I, I, they, it occurred to me playing it. It's like this. This could work as like a vampire, Sam. Actually, if you like, just tone down some of the grossness of the abilities. Like, yeah, I could totally see. I'm sprinting through the city and grabbing people and feeding on them and turning okay. into them and sucking the ass out in front of the yeah. mayor.
3: Beautiful. <laughs>
2: well, I know that uh, the first game it got reasonably well reviewed, but how did it perform sales wise?
3: It was fine. It, I mean. it the thing is it's Activision right so at the time yeah, yeah. this is the, the house that Call of Duty and, and Guitar Hero and stuff built so for them even like a, a what most people would say I'll take that success like they're like well we're gonna spend our time elsewhere which is probably why you haven't seen a Prototype 3 is the, I mm. see yeah
0: anyway uh, unless anyone has anything else to say about Prototype before we move on it was
3: really fun to work on yes I liked
0: it I'm sure it was it, it was really fun to play uh, but let's move on to number two you know the situation, it's too late for these people here. They're dead, every one of them.
4: But it's not too late for us. We do what we gotta do. It might not be too late for the rest of the country. So go to work.
0: Uh, gunfire, too late for the rest of the country, hmm. set in New York. What could this be?
3: Antisa, you want to do it or you want
0: me to do the honors?
3: Ooh, is it the actual 9/11? The division,
1: baby. The division, <laughs> Oh shit! I'm unlocking mad stuff. It's like Destiny, but with like a real world attitude against Arab. Bro, we're doing
3: a raid in division. Are you. you down, bro? Oh, I love the division.
1: <laughs> Sorry, I, I, uh, Chris doesn't know. I introduced a brief character named Topher during that stream. <laughs> <laughs> Backwards <laughs> hat, sunglasses. I knew uh, a couple yeah. Topher's growing up. Oh, that man.
3: sounds about right.
1: I didn't expect to like the division, but I really did because I like Destiny yeah. a lot. Uh, and and uh, but yeah, I was pretending like who's really into a Tom Clancy game? A douchebag. And then I played it for fucking, <laughs> for fucking weeks. <laughs> I tried to play it, but
3: dudes just kept stopping in the doorways, and I couldn't get past them. So I I, I just turned oh. out. Mm. I, mean, I know they patched that after like day one. Yeah, but. yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, but the division uh, sets you loose in a version of not just New York, not just Manhattan, but specifically Midtown Manhattan. Uh, and that has been uh, just devastated by a disease called the dollar flu or the green plague. And you're introduced to it in a sort of a montage of news footage.
2: An entire American city. One, no one
3: one. green poison. Central Park has been converted to a mass barrier. Power outages, gas line leaks, fires. The government's expecting another night of widespread looting. The people of New York are begging. For- what we have our first responders are either dead. There's no
0: resources available. Treat it like animals. It's not a job. We're not trained for. That. Uh, yeah. So it's not just that. Uh, the, well, the green poison uh, infects all these people. There's mass deaths, and the city, like the, the the infrastructure, just crumbles because most of the people who are maintaining it are dying. And and you kind of come in onto the scene like weeks after this has been ravaging the place as a member of a clandestine government organization, The Division.
3: Does Tom Clancy write about any other kind? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, uh, I, but you you mentioned like the the Green Plague and I I love the premise of this game and it ties into one of my favorite things about this particular version of New York City. So the way the Green Plague or whatever is able to spread is it takes place on Black Friday.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, and so it's around Christmas time. And so there's lot tons of money changing hands because everyone's shopping. Yeah. And so it's a New York City... That has been just like completely shut down, but still has Christmas decorations up in yeah. some places. So that that's one of the
0: reasons <laughs> I chose this for the number two spot is because uh, unlike some of the other ones that we've been looking at, like this is, it, it it feels like a closer, almost more personal voyage into this ruined New York. And yes, like New York at Christmas is a huge thing in real life. It's,
3: yeah, have you guys? I've done it. Have you guys ever been around Christmas time to New York City? No. Uh, I've seen pictures. I mean, it's it's not exaggerated when you see it on TV shows and things like that. Like, the city goes all out, and they decorate, and it's just, like, it's everywhere. And, yeah, that's one of the things I love about this game is some of that is still left over, even though the city's just completely gone to shit.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And and so, yeah, like, early on, you go into a department store, and they still have all these huge Christmas decorations. Uh, It's snowing outside, but, uh, yeah, it, it just, it really does... Kind of feel like oh I'm, I'm I'm kind of in depth exploring this city that I've literally run roughshod over in countless other games, but here it's I'm I'm seeing the the more human side of it. I'm seeing more of its personality that has kind of stagnated in the weeks since Christmas. But that's that's another thing that the the green poison is spread through tainted money through tainted cash, yeah. which again works well for New York because. How many places have you actually been able to use a credit card in New York? I guess, you know, I, I went like, what, like 12 years ago, and like everywhere I went, was like, cash only, cash only, cash only. I'm sure that's changed since then. Yeah, buddy, that's definitely, that was the last time you went to New York was with me? Uh, yeah, actually, I guess so. So it was 10 years ago for GTA 4.
3: Uh, we went to visit Rockstar. Another game that could qualify for this list, sort of. Hmm. Why do we sound like the Kermit's and Muppets take Manhattan? Another, another New York based thing.
0: Thank
1: you. I didn't want to have to be the one to say it again.
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah, part of your your job is not just to uh, run around shooting thugs, but to try and rebuild the city and its services by finding qualified people to help you build a base.
4: Agent, we need our base up and running, and we need to show the people of New York they're getting their city back. Our base of operations has potential, but right now it's a piece of shit, and we've got no one to staff it.
0: Hmm, that's a problem. They have to uh, go in search of not just sweet loot, but also specialists who are being pinned down by the various gangs that have taken control of the city. There's the cleaners, the creeps with the gas masks, and the flamethrowers who are like... Everybody who in us needs to be burned alive in order to burn out the sickness. There's uh, the, the Rikers, they're called, which are just like a gang of ex- escaped criminals and then there's like the Last Man Battalion which is like mercenaries who were sent in to maintain order but said like what if we just like set up our own fiefdom here instead? Yeah, it's yeah. it's a, it's an
3: Arkham game in everything but name, right yeah, there at yeah, that yeah. point. Like I could, I could easily be in a Batman game. Mm-hmm. Batman
0: would never carry this many
3: guns. The Rikers, I just I'm just picturing you know number two from Star Trek: The Next Generation, <laughs> Commander Riker, or is he number one? He's number one. I'm He's sorry. number one. Number two would be the shits. <laughs> number two is what he does in the holodeck.
2: <laughs> Make it so. Oh. No- <laughs> well, amongst other things. Uh, yeah, good old Riker. I love Riker. But Hell yeah. He goes a little all-out with a holographic girlfriends sometimes.
3: Oh, that's right. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> <laughs> I think, Chris, you also host the Star Trek podcast, don't you?
2: I do, yeah. Discovery Debrief is centered a little bit more on the more recent show that premiered last year. The second season's coming up in January, but uh, we've kind of expanded to include pretty much all of Trek. And uh, it's one of my all-time favorite franchises, so... Don't drag me too far into the Star Trek rabbit hole, because I will go there. (laughs) There's no New York in Star Trek. that's, That's true, actually. Well, maybe some novels, but never in the movies or the shows.
1: Yeah, never in the show. But I, I'm happy you're doing the part and uh, spreading uh, the STD. Thank you so much. It's a great
2: show. <laughs> I, 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 it, uh, uh, okay, I just I just caught up. You yeah, didn't even take it. the time. It. It's, okay. Nail it. it's okay. I'm so sorry. I, I was not setting you up to say something
1: unironic and earnest like. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, that's that's what happens though. Things sail over my head, and then two seconds no, later, no, it's like, no.
1: ah, okay. got it. So, are you excited about the Picard series that may replace it?
2: I think we need Captain Picard right now. So, yes, I'm (laughs) extraordinarily... Although, you know, Captain Pike coming up in in Discovery and they cast uh, Gregory Peck's grandson to play Spock in Season 2 of Discovery. What? I think it's going to be really cool.
0: I like Gregory Peck. What's his grandson? Uh,
2: Ten Things (laughs) I Hate About You. Oh, awesome. Say no more. (laughs) Yeah, right. But I I watched an interview with him and he has the... First of all, he does kind of have a Nimoy vibe if Nimoy, when he was a young man, was a supermodel. Hmm. Uh, But he also does have like a sort of commanding voice, which I think you kind of need if you're going to play Spock. So I'm choosing to be optimistic. Spock is kind of holy for me. So the fact that they're going to touch on Spock makes me a little bit nervous but Anson Mount as Captain Pike looks spectacular. And he actually gets to speak, unlike the Inhumans. So that's always
3: helpful.
0: So The Division. It's <laughs> a really good game. Yeah. <laughs>
3: no. I'm sorry. See, I told you, man. I, I, I told I, I you. Derailed. That was my fault. I let him throw a plug in there. And <laughs> next thing you know. Yeah. We're talking about I'm sorry. Pikes. That's and, okay. um, I wanted to ask, so Michael, the one thing that, that the illusion of The Division always falls down for me, um, it's... It's the raid bosses or the bosses in the game. Because mm-hmm. you were mentioning you, you shoot up bad guys. And that's the one thing where it's like, you don't just shoot up bad guys a little uh, when you're fighting those guys. They are just bullet sponge. They're like, very heavily armored. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but th- that's the one thing where it's like, in the division, or I'm sorry, in, in Destiny, you can have a raid boss or like a, a strike boss that is this giant monstrous creature. Mm-hmm. You can't really do that in the division. Like, that's the one thing is it. it does have to be sort of tied to reality in in some way, you know? And so like their big bads are always just slightly bigger human beings with loads of armor and they're just walking tanks.
0: You know, Mm. I think there's one where you fight like an APC that's stationary. Yeah.
3: And then one one thing, the other cool thing I think this game introduced that I, I hope they explore more in the sequel, it's the Dark Zone.
0: Which was the, uh, yes, the, the
3: dark zone, the PvP zone yeah. of the game. Which, as we all know, that's just basically the Isle of Manhattan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole fucking so, island. Is- <laughs> yeah, uh, it's
0: it's like the center of the map, and mm-hmm. most of the time the division is a four player cooperative game. Uh, in if you walk into the dark zone, like it's kind of all bets are off. And I think there's there's been like a ton of updates since launch that have. Uh, balanced it, kind of made it a uh, little less intimidating for people to walk into. You will no longer just walk in and immediately get your ass shot off. Uh, it, 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 like there, there's a lot of, uh, you know, cool incentives to explore it and uh, neat loot that you won't find elsewhere. And yes, there's a com- definite competitive aspect. Like, should you? Uh, ally with other players, and all you all try to get out with some loot, or should you try to kill
3: them and get all the loot? It might make it the most realistic New York game on our list, because you can actually get mugged in this game. Mm-hmm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> By other agents.
0: <laughs> Who are supposed to be your allies. Look, we're wearing the same hat, guy. Come on. <laughs> we both got this cool beanie. That's right. yeah. Anyway, let's move on to one I know that at least three of you have probably played.
3: Everyone. LCPD, everybody hey, down I had the police car, what now? He has it, what now? So we heard LCPD. <laughs> mm-hmm. What I didn't hear was, my boy Brucey, yo! Who the fuck's Brucie? Uh, you also didn't hear. Nico! My
0: cousin! <laughs> hey! You're here! Welcome to America! Bravo, Baratsuru! <laughs> what? Good to see you, man! What? Wow, you forget our language? Hey, uh, Kabusi? Maybe a little. I've been here 10 years! You can speak English!
3: Uh, and then he calls you <laughs> as a kapussy, and <caprician>, I'm offended. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can't get rid of that guy, and he calls you to go bowling mm. fucking constantly. And if you don't go
0: bowling with him, he gets upset. Yes.
3: Mm. <laughs> Leave me alone, cousin. I'm trying to go date a girl. Shut up, Roman. <laughs> so this this
1: shouldn't yeah. count, but at, like I could say to really appreciate Liberty City you'd have to have been to, to, to New York but if you played any of the other games you did and you can see how well laid out the landmarks are compared mm-hmm. to everything it is a really good recreation yeah, of New is. York it is and
0: that's the thing It's like 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 I would say let
1: me like that um Liberty City's layout of New York is very similar to Watchdog 2's layout of San Francisco mm-hmm. they cut mm-hmm. out the chaff and like, just streamline the city into something even more That's playable. An interesting way to but put it. But leave in everything you think about New York.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is it is a slavish recreation of New York in all but name. And in in that, uh, speaking of names, the. Uh, the length that they went to is is sort of impressive in itself. Like they don't just like recreate the look of neighborhoods or whatever. They actually they rename everything in a way that sort of ties back to its original uh, source. Like the the boroughs, New Jersey is Alderney, uh, which like Bohan. Yeah, Bohan is the Bronx. Uh, Brooklyn is is now Broker. Uh, Dukes is Queens. Algonquin is Manhattan. Whereas the other games on this list are pretty much confined to Manhattan or parts of it. Uh, this is, like, the entire New York metro area, again, including a chunk of New Jersey. So, good on them for attempting really that. Cool. And, uh, and like, I remember, like, when they were first showing it to us, like, they were really proud of, like, yeah, you know Dumbo in New York? I'm like, no, but tell me anyway. And it's it's like, uh, <laughs> it's an area of Brooklyn, but it's like, we have Boabo, which is... <laughs> Yeah, oh
3: yeah, 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 yeah. I I was just yeah. there. Yeah, and Algonquin is, is the Native American peoples in that area, which mm. is what yeah. So yeah. I think I just had a Waynes World moment so, with uh So it's, it's like
0: this su- could be a slightly different alternate right. universe where All things right. are just named differently, but otherwise everything's the same.
3: Yeah. Well I was I was surprised those names are pretty restrained for Rockstar because the other mm-hmm. stuff, like they will skewer other landmarks and give it like you know joke names basically but uh mm-hmm. yeah they're, they're kind of restrained. well
0: the statue of happiness do you remember the name of the statue yeah. of liberty <laughs> the statue of happiness holding up a uh a coffee cup and uh with the face of hillary clinton <laughs> hot coffee get it and a beating heart <laughs> and a beating heart chain uh, in the yeah room. oh god that was creepy yeah they're just being shown that by the rock star guys like oh, okay, okay check this out check this out and like Oh, what is that? It's a giant 3D modeled beating heart, just chained up in the middle of a statue. But, but I, I've been in New York, and there
1: are nowhere near as many twat cafes. Yeah,
0: that's a little or or cabarets for that matter. Like, really? Okay. <laughs> go to a comedy club. Yeah, See Ricky, Ricky Gervais, Gervais
1: <laughs> is not allowed to perform at any of those clubs.
0: <laughs> but Cat but, Williams thing- might be.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have to admit. So I, I, you know, I played for. I don't think I beat the four main campaign. um, but I did play the DLC, and that's where I think I, I, I spent a lot more time. Was the, was the Lost in the Damned, and then the Ballad of Gay Tony. One nightclub catering to the rich, mindless crowd in a city with a rich, mindless crowd is suddenly poor and mindless. Another club catering to the gay and decadent crowd, with the gay and decadent crowd suddenly think decadence means buying outrageous new throw cushions instead of getting loaded in a bar and every half wit part-time hood in this city thinking, I know, let's put the squeeze on the club owners. They must really, really want to substitute my inadequacies with their money, because after all, they want to stay up all night talking bullshit to morons because they enjoy it.
0: I love gay Tony so much. Tony Prince. He's, he's like if Dr. Venture was a club owner. Uh, <laughs> and was on a lot more cocaine. Yes. But he's, he's back in GTA 5, uh, in, in GTA Online, and I kind of want to play it just to play that expansion.
3: You don't want to play GTA Online. <laughs> or GTA
0: Online. Okay.
3: Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's,
0: it's challenging.
2: Well, it's funny that you mentioned spending more time in the DLC, because to me, one of the more enthralling aspects of this game, I mean, beyond its impeccable design, of course, was its story. Uh, It seemed like, maybe it was just me, but it seemed like it hit quite at the right time, because it came out, what was it, like five or six months after the Dark Knight hit theaters? Mm -hmm. So I was very much in that mindset, Uh, and this story was a bit of a darker departure compared to other GTA games, and I actually really appreciated that part about it, but, I mean, that's, of course kind of independent of the uh, the open world aspects which it did extraordinarily well but I haven't actually revisited this game since it came out maybe I should go back and do that
0: yeah it's it's one of those things that I think I appreciate more in retrospect because when GTA 4 came out I, I was like fresh off the high of San Andreas and it was like, mm. I, I, I want more of this, I want more crazy, yeah. I want like, another rise to power I'm giving more and more and more stuff and it just gets bigger and bigger and cooler and then like, you play this and it's like, look, this is actually fairly down to earth they described it at the time as it's not rags to riches, it's rags to slightly better rags, and at that yeah. I would actually say, it's rags to slightly better rags, and then you lose those rags, and you're going back to worse rags than you started with uh-huh. yeah, but
2: it- It kind of mirrors the, uh, at least in the beginning, and it certainly doesn't get to the same heights as Tony Montana's story. Oh no! But uh, the idea of, you know, coming to pursue the American dream before things take a darker turn. There's, there's a lot of people that that can speak to, and I think GTA 4 very much took advantage of that. Yeah.
0: Well, it's what Hunter Thompson might have referred to as a savage indictment of the American dream. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. In that uh, it. It really is. It's this foreigner who's coming to America like he has a really sketchy past where he's done horrible things and uh, he wants to escape it and start over. And it's like, well, actually, we just want you for the horrible things you can do. That's that's what you're good at in America, too. And uh, so he's just like stuck in this very bleak cycle of violence that he feels powerless to escape, even though he probably isn't.
2: And that's how the city really comes into play as its own character. Mm-hmm. Because I think one of the things that comes across while you're playing is playing it is that the city, the opportunities that are presented to you can very much mold the choices that you make. And, uh, and it has a lot of... The city itself has a lot of character in it, which, I mean, even if it may not necessarily be a uh, one-to-one recreation of specifically New York City... Mm-hmm. Uh, it very much feels like it carries that spirit forward, and it doesn't help that the the street layouts are probably pretty similar, oh, too. Yeah.
3: The way you said New York City, I just thought, New York City? <laughs> Get a rope. <laughs> Get a rope. <laughs> that was a salsa commercial from the 80s, folks. Mm. I'm yep. old. That invokes lynchings. bacon. Yeah. that's right. <laughs> Made in New Jersey. <laughs> No, it's funny. I um, I mean, you, you talked about the city being a character. I think this was one of the games, w- and I was making fun of the the friendship slash dating aspect earlier. Oh, yeah. But th- this game really did encourage you to spend time living in the city, and mm-hmm. and, and I think that whole system mm-hmm. was about hey, go out here and and don't just you know go on your crime sprees or you know spawn tanks and blow things bullshit blow up. Uh, this was very much like you're just gonna go to the pier. And spend time with someone. Are you going to go out to a restaurant? Are you, yeah. you going to go bowling? You're going to go dance? on a date, and it's yeah, not going to yeah.
0: end with like a weird sex mini game. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, and I mean, it, I feel like this game really established that as co- sort of a centerpiece of Rockstar games. At least going, I, I have personally not played GTA Five, but this spirit of the location being a character unto itself seemed very present in Red Dead. Yeah. And even though it was a separate team, it seemed very present in LA Noir. And if it doesn't quite meet that threshold in future games, it's gonna be disappointing because that's one of the coolest things to explore when you pick up one of these well,
0: games. I can say it it definitely plays into JTA five very heavily. It's a it's a mm-hmm. very accurate uh recreation of LA, I think like and, yeah. and somebody remarked on like, LA, depending on where you are, is like an incredibly ugly city and yeah. like that all the <laughs> ugliness and banality is like captured perfectly in GTA 5 yeah. as a man who, who
3: grew up in LA mm-hmm. like yeah GTA 5 it not only nails certain parts of LA the other parts you're like that is nothing like any LA I, I, I'm familiar with but the surroundings of LA you know the fact that LA is, is near inland desert for the mm-hmm. most part right and yeah.
1: so once you and, and that's what's bizarre and cheating because I'm one of the few people who remembers because I went on many press appointments for uh, Rockstar's Midnight Club oh uh-huh, yeah and, and ev- every other game they make a fictional city but they recreated LA and uh, Midnight Club. Yes, they oh did. right,
0: yeah, it was just LA. So, That's right. Midnight Club Los Angeles.
1: Yeah. I mean it was like exact it was like disturbingly LA yeah. At, yeah. at the time but uh but yeah, it should have been easier for them to, like take some of that design and just like, yeah, let's just come up with our own fucking names and recreate this whole yeah, city as our own. I will say this, Pinewood, though. L.A. Baby.
2: is probably prettier than where I was born and spent the first seven years of my life. It's prettier than Bakersfield. Oh, dude, That's Bakersfield. Oh, nice. <laughs> that is one of those California punchlines. Yeah, yeah. It's often referred to as both the armpit of California, mm. and I actually recently found out the dumbest town in America really apparently huh. it's something that is out there well yeah. they stay in Bakersfield
0: so. bullshit
1: oh. that
2: town's anywhere I'm living
0: alright <laughs> well on that note we've been going at this for a while so we should probably take a break uh, when we come back we'll talk about probably some more about Spider-Man and uh, Dragon Quest other new releases some news some uh, some other stuff so stay tuned everyone's your friend in New York City and everything looks beautiful when you're young and
4: big. The streets are paved with diamonds, and there's just so much to see. But the best thing about New York City is you and me.
0: Let's get scratching.
3: This week on Laser Time, the internet's
0: seventh leading pop culture podcast, the gang is tackling a brand new topic.
1: Class of, wait, what was the other one you, you uh, referred to? Anaconda, because <laughs> so anaconda mm-hmm. that references another thing we have plenty of in Florida is snakes, but not so much anacondas. Now you will get some like exotic, large like pythons and stuff, but those are all in South Florida, and that's from people buying exotic pets and Just saying like, dealers. "Well, I don't want the snake anymore, so I will dump it in the fucking Everglades," and it's a real problem. You're free, anthrax.
3: Yeah. It's go it, live. It, it's yeah. mainly drug dealers. Let's yeah. so be honest. <laughs> all right,
4: farewell. To dmx the snake
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's nice well (laughs) lasted.
3: that's laser time new every monday on LaserTimepodcast.com, itunes stitcher or wherever you get your
0: podcast and welcome back to our wonderful and talented second segment and before we jump in with new releases i wanted to talk briefly about like some honorable mentions that we maybe didn't get to the godfather is a really interesting take on like a 1940s new york city that still has some uh identifiable landmarks and skyscrapers alone in the dark the last alone in the dark game to really matter was set entirely within central park it was an open world but probably the biggest feeling take on on central park i mean I'm so used to it as being like, it's that patch of uh, land in Spider-Man where it's kind of hard to swing around because you <laughs> have to
3: grab low-hanging trees.
0: Anyone else have any that you're pissed we didn't talk about in the last
3: segment? Well, I had one that I brought up that you you and I discussed. So, like, is Arkham City actually based on New York or Chicago? And that's mm. why we didn't put any of the Batman games. Is like, there is some discussion, and Chris, you might be the pers- the, the best person to weigh in on this, do you think Arkham is meant to be more New York or is that meant to be more Chicago?
2: It's a really interesting question because the the way that Gotham has been depicted in comics and in movies, it's supposed to be sort of like New York on steroids where uh, I think even it's been described as having hell erupt from the streets and it just kept going into the sky. But the Dark Knight trilogy very much used Chicago because Batman Begins and the Dark Knight both shot in Chicago. And then the Dark Knight Rises, they actually used Pittsburgh. But uh, New York is usually sort of the template from which depictions of Gotham draw from. In the Arkham games, Arkham Knight, it just kind of goes into its own thing. Um, I I don't really see anything discernible when it comes to New York. Arkham City... It's possible, but it's the stuff that you can't actually explore in the game. Like the stuff that surrounds Arkham City looks like it might. It's probably most directly inspired by New York because yeah, that's the. But I think of that you guys game, are they, they rope right right?
3: Off, re- they rope off most of the city. Yeah, exactly.
2: Game. Yeah, and I was actually kind of disappointed that you couldn't go back into Arkham City in Arkham Night, but uh, but you can I think in Arkham guys Origins. Are, Yeah, yeah, that's true. You could see all that stuff, uh, which was, I mean, I was really happy how they incorporated the Origins content into Night, but I think you guys are pretty much correct for leaving the Arkham games off if the subject is going to specifically be New York.
0: Yeah, I never felt like the Arkham series was particularly evocative of New York. I think the the comic book version, it's like, if you have Gotham and Metropolis, they're sort of like dark and light versions of New York, where, Mm -hmm. like, Gotham's, like, Yeah, this sort of Art Deco 1930s version of the city that just sort of went progressively downhill, whereas Metropolis is shining and skyscrapers and futuristic. Uh, But interestingly, uh, to to really settle the debate, Gotham uh, has always been a nickname for New York. It was used uh, by Washington Irving in 1807, and it stems from uh, an old English usage that means homestead where
3: goats are kept yeah so yeah, i think that goat came up home. on a recent emphasis. <laughs> yeah. um, well i've
2: also heard that gotham at least f- uh, in terms of its relation to new york has been kind of a pejorative term
0: mm-hmm. i
2: don't know if that's true necessarily i don't really know how it could be well but-
0: i think that if, if you're referring to new york as goat
3: home uh it's probably <laughs> to make fun of
0: eh, the people who live there are fucking bumpkins
2: <laughs>
3: how ironic <laughs> So, so I think one of the most obvious choices that we didn't pick because it's not a great game is True Crime New York City. Ah, yes. Ooh. yeah. I mean, that's a series that started with Streets of L.A. That was pretty close to a one-to-one recreation of Manhattan. From well, that I was remember. their claim to fame is Streets of L.A. was, hey, we are recreating all the Los Angeles streets to the point where... I, I was going to college and, and I so I knew where my apartment was at the time and I drove by like did they actually do it or not and, and they mm-hmm. didn't by the way it was yeah. just like generic buildings but yeah they, they, their whole thing of that series before it eventually became Sleeping Dogs were like fuck that that's not as fun mm-hmm. as like hey we're just gonna do crazy kung fu with cars and you know where you, yeah. can, you know, jump off a motorcycle and <laughs> hijack a car to, no yeah. you'll
0: have to make constant moral choices to be a cop or a yeah. rogue cop do yeah. you knock this guy out or. Pick him up over your head and throw him on a bed of spikes that are in this museum.
3: We've already given True Crime New York City way more airtime than it deserves. The one I meant to really bring up that I think Chris can speak to, the Lego Marvel games actually do take place. Uh, So both uh, Avengers and Lego Marvel superheroes
2: take place in in open world New York, right? And And Lego Marvel 2, I think, does as well. Mm
0: -hmm. Although I've I've seen, like, I, I tried to play that long enough to get to the open world, and it's like... You have to play for several hours before you unlock that portion of it. And from what I've seen, mm-hmm. it's not just New York. It's like a large open world where New York, like an, an area representing New York is like a tiny part of it. And it's like, oh, over here, it's like the Hydra Empire. And over here, it's the noir universe. And it, it's, it's just like mm-hmm. all these different Marvel universes that have been mashed together into one continuous open world.
2: And those games, I mean, they were they were really charming when they came out, but they're very repetitive. It's mm. hard to. I think the only one that I stuck with in the last like six or seven years was probably Lego Batman Two. Uh, yeah. But that's not to say. I mean, it's fun being able to swing around New York, particularly in the first Lego Marvel Superheroes game uh, as Spider Man. If you, ch- I mean, you could fly around too if you want. But yeah, they did a pretty decent job of do- of the swinging. They also did a pretty decent job. It's much smaller and it's even more cartoony. But the Spider-Man and Avengers playsets in Disney Infinity also yeah, created New York.
3: that's right. Mm-hmm. That's right.
2: And and uh, those those were okay too. The the swinging was a little bit better in that game uh, than the the Lego games. But uh, honestly, I'm kind of surprised. And I know that it's not called New York, and it escapes me what it's called in this game. But didn't Mafia Two? Yeah, take I think place that was Empire
0: Bay. Yeah, Empire Bay.
2: Yeah, just okay. like
3: with the latest Mafia, it was supposed to be New Orleans, but they called it a different thing. Like, I don't I think it was we're... just straight up New Orleans. No, no, it, it had a it had some name. Huh.
0: Yeah. Like hmm. New Marais and Infamous too. There you go. There, yeah. there were
3: games where like they're not open world. That I at first we were talking about New York games. And I'm like, well, you got to put like, you got to put like Def Jam Fight for New York. Ah, there? yeah. <laughs> but... uh, by the way, the city is
0: New Bordeaux. New in Bordeaux. Mafia thank 3. you. Yeah. yeah, I knew it was. I knew Ooh, okay. it was a
3: Creole, mm-hmm. New York, Cajun, whichever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cody Laveau, you can correct me later in the comments. <laughs> Cody Laveau.
0: Alright, well, let's jump into the segment that is popularly known as... These are the releases. They are releasing are the new releases. Everybody's
3: They're the new releases.
0: I should say, since he's in that song, we've lost Chris, the other Chris Antista, in this segment because he's having severe arm pain. Uh, everyone pray for Chris Clap if you believe in fairies. Uh, he'll get better. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, if you've been listening to any recent Laser Time shows, you are probably well familiar with with Chris's trials and tribulations with the yeah, his, his mm-hmm. nerve pain. So, uh, yeah, hope you feel better, Chris.
0: Yeah, but Spider Man. What, what can we say about that that we haven't already? Other than it's great. It's filled with side stuff. I can't stop doing the side stuff and just follow the story. Yeah, Uh, Yeah.
3: I I will never be free of this. Yeah, I mean, technically, Spider Man came out like last Friday, but we've all really just been devouring entire week. Yeah, so so yeah, that is to me the biggest release. Um, Yeah, it's it's amazing. It is. It's actually taken you know all of my attention where I've been forcing myself and struggling to play other things which i can either segue into or if you guys want to talk spider-man a little bit more i'm happy to talk more spider-man
0: uh i'm i'm at at a loss to think of what we haven't already talked about in that first segment
3: yeah well
2: one thing one thing i will say about spider-man is that you know as opposed to and we kind of talked about this a little bit in the last segment about the arkham games but you know, Arkham Asylum created something to build on for City and Night that, you know, it's, it's not a typical open world, at least I don't think so. It doesn't quite feel as expansive. Uh, city, Origins, and Night... Were just kind of the uh, the exponential increases in scale from mm. what was introduced in Asylum.
3: I, I don't think of Asylum as open world at all. Like it, it, to me, there's distinct yeah. areas. Asylum yeah. feels like a Metroidvania. Yeah, yes. yeah, exactly. Yes.
2: It, it it does. And and when it got to City, it was just taking that and blowing it up. So it there's a partial open world. It's a little bit more linear than other open world games. I mean, Arkham City is still probably my all-time favorite comic book game, Hmm. but Spider-Man feels very much like it was built for an open world. You know, it feels a little bit more traditional, but it also took the right lessons from Arkham in that it created a whole new world for these characters to populate. So for someone like me who's very familiar with the character of Spider-Man and his history, be that as it may, there's still a lot about this game that's surprising me because of where it can go and what it can do with the characters that is not predictable. Like in the first, I guess the first 45 minutes of the story, there was at least one thing that happened that legitimately very much surprised me, and I didn't even expect that to be the case, and I think that's the best lesson that it's taken from the Arkham games, at least so far. I have not finished the game yet.
0: Well, I I think it it took a lot from Arkham in general, like to the point where... When you go into uh, one of the kingpin or demon layers, that uh, mm-hmm. th- those those feel straight up like Arkham, where you're just kind of hiding out in the rafters. You are trying to stealthily take down guys when nobody's looking at them. Yeah, like there's no fear meter like there was in in Arkham City. Yeah, but mm-hmm. but it feels very very similar. Although I have not yet been able to complete one of those completely in stealth because inevitably, even like there's some guy even though he's marked safe. I, I grab him and web him up and then like somebody's like, hey, look, it's the
3: web head. Let's get him. Yeah.
2: Can you do those in stealth? I didn't even know that that was possible.
3: Oh, yeah. So those hmm. you can. Those are, I think the story missions, the ones, it's very similar. It's the kingpin areas where That's it's... That's what fun- I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, the, yeah. Oh, i sorry. I thought you were talking about the demon. I mean,
0: there's both of them.
3: Oh, okay. they're, they're basically the same thing just with different factions. Gotcha. Yeah, no, the kingpin ones, you can do the first wave of enemies entirely stealth and then it does call out the other enemies and you can mm-hmm. lose them ...by swinging away and then coming back... Yeah. ...and then you're back mm. in stealth... ...and you can take it from a Batman... ...yeah, yeah. Know, the yeah, demon ones you I can't thought. escape... ...yeah, mm-hmm. um, so I did... ...I did want to bring up one thing on the on the new game... ...is um, I have to give credit to Yuri Lowenthal... ...the voice of, mm. of Peter Parker in yeah. Spidey... Um, ...someone... You know, ...by the way, this game is inspiring... ...a ton of memes and a ton of remixes and stuff... ...so someone put Tom Holland's voice... ...in as Spider-Man in the game... ...like here's what it would sound like if it was him... And it just made me realize, like, no, Yuri Lowenthal does a way better job as as, as yeah. Peter Parker. Like, Tom Holland is like, oh, this is not cool at all. Like, I mean, it, 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 it well, works in the movies. Don't get me wrong; I think he's fine.
0: Yuri Lowenthal is an experienced voice actor. Yuri Lowenthal is the voice of the Prince of Persia in Sands of Time. Hells yeah, yeah. Um, and he interestingly also acts alongside Josh Keaton, who's Electro in this. But who was Spider-Man in, like, one of the TV cartoons?
2: Spectacular. Yeah. yeah. And it was probably one of the better ones, at least. I mean, I grew up on the 90s show, but Spectacular is often referred to by Spider-Man fans as the best thing to come along he since was, then.
3: He was also Larry Lovage in Box Office Bust. Ah! <laughs> Another game that I sort of worked on. Yeah, it, was, <laughs> it was a little early. Um... I did want to say the way I've been playing Spider-Man, I've heard from everybody, is completely wrong. And I'm is totally it? fine with it. I've been min-maxing the fuck out of this game. Hmm. So the second... Mm-hmm. It, and and um, Mike Williams talked about this last week on the show. Uh, the, so the game slowly introduces collectibles and unlockables to you over mm-hmm. time. It doesn't just do it all at once. And so like the first one you I think you unlock is the backpacks. And then it's yes. the, the kingpin layers. There's landmarks and stuff. So rather than... Doing those around the story missions like the area I'm in, I just I think I told you, Michael, the first thing I did and we make fun because like people they always give Assassin's Creed shit and Ubisoft game shit for what?
0: Yeah, for the the towers that unfold portions that, the, of the map.
3: And that's this game does that. And that's uh-huh. the first thing I did. I I basically just soared around Manhattan and unlocked all the towers. And then I immediately unlocked all the landmarks as I as I got them. I got all the backpacks like, and they people say like, eh, don't do that or, or all the crime missions. Like I did that, it's still super fun to me. I, don't, I mean, I don't care if yeah. they're saying I'm playing it wrong. It's, it's super fun to me. So play it however the it. fuck you want. Yeah, you know? it's your game. That's you you paid for it. Play it however you want. Yeah, I mean that's just yeah. ha- sort of how I tackle open world games yeah. anyway. Like when well, I do that in Far Cry, same shit. You know.
2: And the, the impetus, especially if you're if you're a longtime Spider-Man fan, you pick up those backpacks, you see things that are familiar. So that's thrilling in and of itself. And there was at least one really good joke about backpacks when getting a backpack that I laughed out loud for. So yeah, I mean, I, I certainly don't see anything wrong with playing the game like that. I'm trying to savor it as much as I can because I feel like I'm burning through it too yeah. fast.
3: I mean, that's the other thing I would say is I... The last time I really read Spidey was Ultimate Spidey back okay. when that launch You know, the, mm, I probably yeah, I probably bought the first. Years worth of issues or something, right? And then and then mm-hmm. I kind of turned out.
0: I'd, I'd read enough Ultimate Spider-Man to understand the game when it came yeah, out. Yeah, sure.
2: If you've got Ultimate Spider-Man number one, hold on to that puppy. I do. Oh.
3: I have it, and I was, oh, was wondering awesome. how much it was worth. I read it from a friend. Talk to me about. I got some X-Men Wolverine Origins too. I don't know how much that's worth. But anyway, um, mm-hmm. so but uh, no, I, so I haven't kept up. I'm familiar, you know, I grew up reading the strip in, like, newspapers and all that stuff, so I, I know all of the Spider-Man big beats. Like, I feel like I've mm-hmm. absorbed them through osmosis over time, mm-hmm. through nerd friends like yourself, Michael, no, you know, no offense, but we're, we're nerds, <laughs> um, uh, and, you know, the movies and everything, and so I, I get all the stuff, but there's definitely references in there. I'm like, oh, I wish I had more details and read the story. So I feel like, Chris, yep. people like you can probably enjoy this game even at a, at, at a, a be, you know, a completely different level than i'm even enjoying it
2: well i mean i if i had to characterize it because there's a friend of mine who uh who got a ps4 just for this game and he's probably the biggest marvel fan that i know mm-hmm. i would say oh, compared to him i've got a master's in spider-man whereas he has a phd so there's some things where i'm calling him up and i'm like hey i just found a cracked lens." in one of these backpacks. What's that? What what's that from? And he says, "Oh, that's Amazing Spider-Man number 4, the first time he fought the vulture." And I'm like, "Oh, okay. Well, that's a whole other perspective on the things that I'm getting out of it." But yeah, you're absolutely right. It's there if you it rewards you for knowing that stuff, but then if you also choose to seek it out later if you don't necessarily have the information right at hand then it becomes retroactively rewarding you know because you see the attention to detail that insomniac put into the world and that's one of those things that i was talking about earlier where yes it follows some of the more established aspects of what you understand to be canon for spider-man at least in the mainline marvel universe earth 616 but then it also plays around with the world enough that it can legitimately surprise longtime fans. And that was something that I loved about the Arkham games because Batman is my favorite character in fiction. But those games still managed to surprise me. And I'm loving it as well with Spider-Man. Nice. Hmm, yeah.
3: So, yeah, I've been playing a ton of that. and But I was saying I was struggling. I'm trying to play some other new releases just so I can speak to those. So we got a code. From our friends at Square, and I got a code for Spider Man. I want to, hmm. I should say that as well. Um, I
0: didn't. I paid for it. Uh,
3: <laughs> so my friend, my friend uh, launched that game. Two of my friends, one former coworker, and so congrats to you guys because um, this is amazing. It's an amazing game. But no, I got a code for Dragon Quest Eleven, and I've been trying to play that. And so my takes on that, um, I, I'm probably ten hours in, and I'm only. I, I just unlocked the um, There's the fun size forge. I think so. It's like chapter three or maybe four or something, right? Mm-hmm. And I will say, if you have a game like Spider-Man just sitting there, waiting for you to play it, where it's a fast-paced, amazing game, it's really tough to focus on Dragon Quest XI. Um, mm. And I I don't, you know, I, 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 I will admit, I'm sort of a Dragon Quest newbie. Like, I don't play all the Dragon Quest games. So this is my first true Dragon Quest experience where I want to play start to finish and really, you know, appreciate the thing. I, I don't know if all the games are like this but this feels like it starts up very slowly and it, and it's it is like JRPG game the game you know what i mean like it's every trope you know from JRPGs it's in there you know and so that means some of the annoyances like the every the cutscenes just sort of take a long time getting places takes a long time um i mean luckily they you know they make it so that combat is optional like you can avoid enemies but even to the point where I was sort of just like getting bored with certain things, where there's there's like stealth missions where I'm trying to sneak around guards, hmm. and I just purposely bumped into them so that I would fight them because I wanted something to do. Um, so I think it's one of those games. I the reason I, I keep playing it, it, there is this promise, and, and I see potential for something greater. Especially I mentioned I just unlocked that fun size Forge and that is going to be you know open up a whole world where I can just craft things throughout the game. And so I've been collecting all this like. Stuff that I'm like, okay, this has got to be used for something later. I'm not going to sell it. And now that I have the thing where I can craft that, I think it's it's going to kind of add that layer of complexity that I've been looking for. But so far, it's a very straightforward JRPG experience. Hmm. It's got all the all the recognizable JRPG story tropes, right? It's like, yeah, you're this chosen one hero. You go off. Uh, you go meet a king or whatever. Something happens. You go back. Oh no, your home village. Spoiler alert. Oh. Has been destroyed, and More this like is—it's is within, it's within the first act, right? Yeah. So I'm not yeah. really spoiling. It's the setup of the game, but it took me hours to get to that. And in the whole time, I'm just thinking, I should be playing Spider-Man right <laughs> now. Well, <laughs> let me ask you this:
0: Does it have a princess who once rescued asks you, "Dost thou love me?" And if you say <laughs> no, she says, "But thou must."
3: I don't know. I'm not that far yet. Uh, uh. It does have. So I I, I did a. I tweeted about this. So because of this is my my first full Dragon Quest experience, the one thing I learned a couple hours in. This is fucking anime. You guys yeah. you guys like <laughs> you, you you fooled me and made me play an anime game I and mean, this is this is super anime. This is basically Dragon Ball the well, game yeah, like it's that's a Toriyama. Yeah, it's the Toriyama art style which is yeah, it's charming, like it's super charming, super quaint. There's also some of that stuff where it's like the humor doesn't always fall. It's just like, oh, come on. Like, like eye roll, you know. It's a little cringy at times. Um, yeah, so, like, that part, as a guy who I think I'm a little too old for Dragon Quest, I didn't grow up watching Dragon Quest, and so I'm not as forgiving of that stuff. So to me, I'm like, oh, my God, it's so cliched. It's so Dragon Ball, you know, at times. But still, like I said, it's just nice. I love JRPGs, and so I'm going to continue to play it. And I can see the potential, but so far, ten hours in, I'm like, yeah, this is I, I I feel bad for them that they came out the same week as Spider Man. And it's and it's gonna be one of those things where if you have to choose between the two, like maybe get through Spider Man and then open up a runway for yourself yeah. for for Dragon.
0: Don't Cast. let Spider Man hang around being a distraction. Hang around, got yeah. Yeah. it. <laughs> got it. <laughs> that was unintentional. Uh, yeah, I was going to play the Fist of the North Star demo, but unfortunately, Spider Man happened. Yep.
3: And that's pretty much all I was doing all weekend. Um, yeah, the other game I played that's like kind of my in between games because you can play it on the shitter mm-hmm. is Donut County on mobile. Huh. And so, because I'd heard all the buzz and we talked about it a few weeks ago. Um and then I it's 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 on iOS and it's only $5 for the exact same game which is, I think it's 15 maybe for the full release might be 10. Sure. So I, it's same game at at lower price. Um I Michael you were totally right. This is an amazing game. Isn't it? It's very short but it's very fun. Love the yeah. writing. I was reading all the trashopedia entries like there, you know it's got that like kind of like random sense of humor we are like okay Mm -hmm. it's 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 weird humor right um and the other thing i will say is the soundtrack is available on most streaming services uh it's definitely on apple music and i think i've heard it's on spotify that soundtrack is amazing like i Mm. that that should just be Mm. your morning commute soundtrack uh so go check that out and for five dollars on ios that is well worth your money
0: absolutely Mm. Uh, and Square Enix has another game that came out yeah, this week, which you've had a chance to play some of.
3: Barely. I, not enough. I don't. I haven't played it enough to really form an opinion on it. But I, I got a code, again, for Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Um, and actually, I wasn't able to play it like it was basically embargoed. I could not start playing until earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. And so I'd rather take more time with that and then give you guys my thoughts on next week's show after having more time with it. Fair enough. But I love the... the Previous two Tomb Raider games, I love that mold and that model of Tomb Raider. Uh, I preferred it way more than the, the original Tomb Raider games. So e- even if it's just more of that, I can say I'm on board. I mm. love that. And Did you see the movie? I, I saw the movie on a plane uh, recently oh. as I was coming. It was on my way to Gamescom. Um, yeah, I saw the movie. <laughs> 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 it's fine. Uh, let's it see. Really? I fell asleep during the Angelina Jolie Tomb Raider movie way back in the day, mm. and I fell asleep mm. in this one as well.
0: The, the ah. Angelina Jolie one was fun because it had Daniel Craig doing an American accent.
3: <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's like oh, one yeah. of the only places
0: you'll see that. And then the sequel had Gerard Butler, and it was far less memorable. <laughs> I remember yeah. that.
3: Yeah. Um, I thought the movie was interesting, and I know it was basically riffing on the plot of the first game in the reboot, which was you're on that right. island with the, the queen and all that Um so, yeah, I mean, that was compelling to me and interesting. I, just the movie itself, I, I don't think execution was maybe there where it needed to be, mm-hmm. but it was, it was fine.
2: I haven't seen it. I was just genuinely curious from someone who's familiar with the games.
3: Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's one of those things. I don't think you need to play the games to watch that movie, but I would just say it's mm-hmm. just a decent adventure flick. Mm-hmm. Like, sure. As our friend Brett would say, it's, right. fine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, uh, It's fine. Mega Man 11. Uh, we got a demo.
3: Yes, there's a. they. So, again, uh, the week that Spider Man came out, mm-hmm. <laughs> our, our friends at Capcom released a free Mega Man demo on Switch and PS4. So, that's something where I don't think any of us have spent enough time to really no. comment on it other than to say hey, there's a demo out there we should all probably check out. Then again, that game comes out in, I think, under a month. Yep. So yeah. maybe just wait. I don't know.
0: All I know about it uh, it really is that slightly disappointing door thing where, like, <laughs> you, you don't hang in midair <laughs> as you transition through I the know. door, which, like, okay, I get being mildly disappointed in that, but please only be mildly disappointed because we're getting a new Mega Man game, and that's something special.
3: This yeah. is true. And friend of the show, Tim Turry, who I, I saw at Pax, and he was demoing that game. I was this close to tagging him in a in a, in a faux complaint about the jumping thing, and I said, yeah. "He's probably getting enough real yeah. complaints about this." It. It's <laughs> something. I'm going to leave Tim alone to
0: genuinely complain. <laughs> yeah, about. it's bullshit.
3: Yeah. It's- it was always, like, this dumb thing from NES days that, yeah, mm. you're just accustomed to it. And yeah, so...
0: look, if, if you really want a more modern game that lets you do that, go play Double Dragon Neon, there you which go. does that on purpose.
3: But anyway, let's transition. Wait, you don't want to talk about NBA 2K? Come on, Michael. Do you? No, I did not play- <laughs> played it. Uh,
2: I was actually kind of surprised, because I picked up the Spider-Man Collector's Edition. There were a lot of people who were picking up copies of 2K19. I, mean, that, that I didn't game, realize that basketball was that popular. That game sells
3: really well. Uh, yeah. yeah, that game yeah. does just fine. Uh, NHL came out as well, so if you're a hockey nut, go for that. Uh, and and it's worth mentioning this week, uh, on Switch, uh, a port of Dust the in Elysian Tale came mm-hmm. out. And so if you haven't mm. checked out Dust, this could be probably the best platform to check it out on. Yeah,
0: a combat-focused side-scrolling Metroidvania.
3: Yeah, and it's it's got a really cool art style. It's like hand-drawn yeah, yeah, yeah. anime-looking thing. So. Mm-hmm. Very, I,
0: I remember playing it on 360 and like has beautifully fluid animation. So Yeah. Mm. Yeah um definitely worth checking out but let's transition to News! sorry chris I, I understand that sound is probably uh <laughs> intimidating for those who've never heard it before <laughs> <laughs>
2: I appreciate it's, it, though. A lot of
3: energy went into it's that. It's like skeuomorphic, it. as I like to say. Kazoom <laughs> <laughs> time. <Gesundheit>. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Spider Man is the fastest. PlayStation Four selling game of the year, maybe of all time. Hooray! Yeah, I mean, wow. so uh, as of this recording, all of the news reports were kind of hitting the. So UK is one of the only places you can still sort of track uh, physical disc sales. Uh, it was it was outselling God of War. It was outselling kind of anything PS4 at the time. So this game's going to go on to uh, to be a huge success. Not much to say there, other than hey, congrats! It's it's from what you've heard of us talking about the game. It seems. Pretty well deserved. Yeah. Yay, a game
0: we love is doing well.
3: But don't worry, for all of you that do pick up the game and play through it, uh, they have confirmed there's going to be a new Game Plus mode coming to the game soon. And so... uh Actually, I mean, God of War didn't get that till a little bit later after release, yeah. so if you are just devouring the game like us, hey, don't worry, you'll be able to play on New Game Plus pretty soon. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that.
2: Uh, the New Game Plus playthroughs of the Arkham games were actually some of my favorites, so I'm looking forward to doing it with Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah.
3: And everyone loves the photo mode.
2: I need photos! Photos of Spider-Man!
3: I was just about to say, <laughs> I, I don't know if it's a news story on itself, but... Um, it is tough to avoid this week. All of the amazing pictures that everyone's posting using that photo mode. Uh-huh. I will say friend of the show, Brett Elston, he, he has got the eye for the Spidey, uh, in-game mm. photos. He's got a couple in there that I've just laughed out loud. Uh, yeah. With punk Spider-Man using that uh, outfit. Um, but no Italian Spider-Man, even though friend of the show, Marco
0: Villalpando, <laughs> who worked on the game. Congrats Marco, yeah, Marco, by the way, on shipping this game. Uh, he says he lobbied hard for it for months, so I appreciate the effort, but uh, really, really would like to see Italian Spider-Man show up uh, just
3: flying around being fat. No webs, just a shotgun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, the other kind of, so this is our Spidey News uh, segment. The other bit of, of weird Spidey News, have you guys heard about the wedding proposal Easter egg in the game? Yes. yes. Yeah. So did you hear the full, the other side of the story that came out today? Mm. yeah Okay. So just to get everyone caught up, um, in Spider-Man, there is a movie theater that has a billboard that is a, an Easter egg wedding proposal where a guy says, uh, Maddie, will you marry me? Uh, And then it it was a streamer, I think, that Mm -hmm. then eventually came out and said, hey, the the full backstory here, it's the saddest Easter egg ever because uh, she said no or she broke up with him or something. She
0: broke up with him like a couple months before the game shipped. And the funny thing is that... uh, like, they, I saw, like, excerpts from a, a conversation he had with Insomniac, and they're like, okay, we can get it in. Can you wait until September? And it's like, dude, we just passed the five-year mark. I think I can. we can hold out a few more right. months. Like, no, you can't. Yeah. But as somebody else pointed out, like, this has happened before several times, and it's cursed. Like, they never
3: work out. Well, so that's the thing. The other side of the story, I read a news story uh, earlier this week that they they the interesting thing is most of the outlets running the story hadn't really gotten her side of the story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it then like, yeah, when she breaks it down, it's kind of like, well, the proposal was like a last attempt at salvaging the relationship. Yeah. But that's never a good idea. Listeners, mm-hmm. by the way, don't do that. Um, yeah. And, and, and yep. so she, uh, and then there was a rumor at one point that she had left him for his half brother, which she said, no, that's not true. We're just friends and stuff. So, um, you know, the, the silver lining of the story, and I hope that the developer does this, is he has asked them to change the Easter egg to a mention, I think it's of his grandmother or something, and it's to hmm. raise awareness for... Uh, of grandmothers. Well, I think it's like... They cancer. exist, people! I want to say it's like cancer or something oh. like that. Or, yeah, it's, uh, so Just change it to wino forever. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the that's the... Um, we have to give you both sides of that strange uh, Spider-Man Easter egg story because it was everywhere mm-hmm. this week. I could not avoid that.
0: Also, don't make a big ostentatious public display for a uh, wedding proposal. Yeah, I
3: mean, that was when she was talking about her side. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, that's that's not good. Like, don't make someone feel coerced to give you a yes yeah. answer because you've done this in, in such a way. I proposed
0: to my wife by handing her a pair of cheap plastic uh, grills that I would bought in South Carolina, <laughs> uh, which were a placeholder for a ring. <laughs> <laughs> and we're still together today. Can you believe it?
2: Well, have you seen what teenagers do these days to ask each other to prom? My God, eat ass! I, I, I was going to not be a high school these days. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Why am I
4: laughing at this? I don't know. Yeah.
3: <laughs> no, what do they do to ask each other to prom other than eat ass, Michael? <laughs>
0: Like that's that's the extent of what I know about millennials. <laughs> yeah, avocado toast and ass. Yeah, <laughs> it's a diverse palate. <laughs> that took a dark turn pretty
4: fast. Eating
0: avocado
2: toast.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> yeah, what do they do they ask each other the prom? Sorry.
2: Oh it's just, no, it's nothing in specific, but they just like it's a huge like they try to get them. T- to the the prom proposals turned into viral videos it's nothing but ostentatious big grand gestures Ugh. that uh that people do these days for something as relatively innocuous in the full scheme of your life as asking someone to prom and it's just like this big to do and i'm just glad i'm not in high school these days I'm, i mean i'm glad i'm not in high school in general yeah, i hate there high are school, lots of
0: reasons to be glad you're not in high school
2: Exactly, exactly. But uh, these days, I, I don't think I would get along very well. In high so school. So, speaking
3: of ostentatious big grand gestures, do you guys remember the series Kingdoms of Amular Reckoning or Amular? Kingdom- yes. Amular Reckoning. Yes. Uh, it was developed by um, Thirty Eight Studios. You guys mm-hmm. remember yes, this? Of course. Yes. Okay. It's rather infamous. Yeah. And so, THQ Nordic has apparently they've acquired the rights to the Amular name, mm-hmm. um, but they have they don't have the publishing rights to Reckoning. Hmm. And so the big story, I mean, everyone is getting all hype about that like so theoretically we could get another Amular game. Which hmm. I don't know. I I played Kingdoms of Amular I heard good things. People were saying, like, yeah, it's pretty good. And like one of the
0: the main selling points, if I remember right, was that you could respec your character at any time. So it's like if you're in the middle of the game, like, I don't like playing as a thief. You can take those points away and put them back into, like, fighting or magic or whatever.
3: I don't know. I just remember it was just okay at the time. I think it, it had a lot of new ideas that Dragon Age Inquisition borrowed and then did better mm-hmm. as a third person, like, an RPG. Um, so, yeah, okay, if you're in Amular. It was one of those things where, why not? I don't know. I'm not particularly excited by it, but I'm like, all right, cool. That, that could be something cool. Um, so speaking of something that some people will think is cool, I don't know, uh, Nintendo announces a Pikachu and Eevee Switch bundles for Pokemon Let's Go. Am I saying Eevee right? I'm not a big Pokey dude, as you guys I all sure know. sure so. Eevee. Oh, yeah. I think it is Eevee. So, have you guys seen this, this special bundle? No. Yeah. No, it, so it's one of their kind of rare, you know, they only do these for special games, but there's two bundles. So one... One each for the Pikachu and Eevee versions of the game. It comes with a download code, and here's what's weird: it's brown and yellow Joy Cons, huh. and then a decal decorated dock, uh, and then it does come with the Pokeball Plus peripheral that lets you pretend to capture Pokemon, like you know, you carry it around yourself. And that's fifty mm. bucks on its own. Oh jeez! Uh, but the price of the bundle, it's four hundred bucks, and mm. so it's, it's an effective Ooh. savings of ten dollars. The thing is, I'll be honest, so the yellow, I'm down with. I love yellow. I love the Splatoon one that had the yellow and the pink. Mm. The brown looks ugly, dude. Like, mm. I wouldn't, yeah, I'm not thrilled about the brown. I mean, will I, would I pair it that with like my red or my shit. blue Joy-Cons? <laughs> there you go. Well, to me, yeah. it, the only positive there is it does have a cool 70s vibe. I feel like brown oh. consoles and... Now, you, know,
0: you you sell me wood panel Joy-Cons,
3: now we're talking. That's, actually, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Actually, I'm on board with that, yeah. 100%. Um, and that game, by the way, obscene lines at PAX. Like, I have no way I was waiting for that because I don't have any friends at Nintendo that could get me cut in the line or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do have a friend <laughs> at Nintendo whose name should not be mentioned. No. I never see him at these events, though. <laughs> um, uh, his name rhymes with Tim. Uh, but yeah, no, so that game, I don't know, man. It's going to be big. And the fact that Nintendo got behind that with a custom console bundle and not Smash is actually sort of a big deal.
2: Mm. Yeah, that's that's an excellent point. I mean, when I was in fifth grade, and this was at the tail end of the 90s, uh, everybody played Pokemon except me. I never got... Even my brother, who's five years older than me, who was in high school, watched the damn show and was doing the cards, and I just... I guess I was just too busy watching reruns of Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, this is a goldmine for them. Any Anytime they do something... With Pokemon. It's always a huge deal, especially for, obviously, the biggest Pokemon fans. But yeah, I I saw this bundle, and, you know, the design on the back of the console itself, I can see Pokemon fans going pretty nuts for that. The Joy-Con colors, I don't understand at all. But I'm sure that with this bundle, especially if they're going to be pairing it with that Pokeball attachment... I can I can admire the intricacy of what they're going for with the Pokemon games that are coming out even if I don't think I'll personally touch them at all but uh, I mean the, the the colors are weird but I'm sure they're gonna print money with this thing
3: I think yellow on its own would sell amazingly well if you tried to sell that brown controller by itself good fucking luck mm. looks like a turn you just
2: wait <laughs> if if they do like a, a proper sequel, because we don't know what Retro Studios is working on. If they end up doing a proper sequel to Tropical Freeze, you will get Banana Joy Cons. I
3: I am almost certain.
0: Yes. Yep. Yeah, I I get behind that.
3: Registering that URL for a future band name: Banana mm. Joy Cons. <laughs> got
0: it. No, no,
3: you got yellow
0: and brown, and they're they're the two banana colors.
3: <laughs> That's true. There you go. Um. <laughs> so Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. You guys remember this game? You ever heard of this? You remember this? Hey, heard of this? Hey, this? You heard of this? Yeah. <laughs> so the remake is coming to PS4 and Switch. Um, wow. The, the is, thing- it, is it headed to Switch? Because yeah, I saw yeah.
0: people complaining that it was announced for PS4 but not Switch.
3: Uh, the, the article I read says PS4 and Switch. All right then. Um, and the cool thing is, I don't. So I don't know if anyone actually remembers much about this game, but this is the one that was one of the first co-op multiplayer Final Fantasy games. It's an action RPG. But the thing is, it was a pain in the ass to play it because I think you had to you had to each have a GBA mm-hmm. and use like link cables and connect to a Game queue. It was like, and if anyone's battery ran out, it would like ruin the session. It was it was way overly complicated for what it was at the time, which was a.
0: But I know the people who got a game together loved
3: it. Oh, everyone, yeah, it, it, you know, mm-hmm. it was one of those things where I could just never get enough people that that could play together to play it. Um, the thing that makes this game stand out to me, and so th- well, what's great is. If it's coming to Switch and PS4, it's super easy to get a game of four together, and you can just do it online at this point. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. You'll finally get to be able to play the game the way it was designed, right?
4: Yeah.
3: Uh, similar to like uh, Zelda Four Swords. You know, like that mm-hmm. game is designed to be played mm-hmm. with four people. It, it has to be done in a way that's easy for people to the, get the
0: other thing is that everybody can
3: play the game as it looks on the TV. You know, yes. there's no compromise. That's right. Um, my thing is, though, even though I know Final Fantasy Tactics existed before this did. This was the first of what I felt was sort of, it was the splintering of the Final Fantasy brand into many, many, many games, (laughs) like way too many games. Up until this, I felt Mm. like I could keep up with Final Fantasy. I was like, okay, I know what's going on. I got the main numbered series. All right. Got the tactics. Good to go. This was where it started to go off the rails, and I'm like, okay, so there's Final Fantasy, Crystal Chronicles, eventually there's Dissidia, and now there's all, like, like, there's, like, basically, even though we have 15 as the main entry, there's, like, 25 Final Fantasies that have released just in me describing Final Fantasy to you yeah. guys just now. It's, yeah. it's like, yeah. and this was sort of heralded the beginning of that. In, in my opinion, at, at least in my memory. I don't know about you guys.
2: I have never played a Final Fantasy game, Ugh, and I know that's that that's sacrilege, but it's exact. It's for exactly that reason. I'm, I'm kind of big on a logical progression when it comes to numerical identity in game series, particularly long-running game series, and I could never find a starting point. I just never could. Well, that's it's
0: like, the beauty of it. Every game is a starting point.
3: Yeah, but uh, uh, well, that's the thing with the main series. There's no continuity. Yeah, there, there's just a few characters. There's okay. Bigs and Wedge that, uh-huh. that appear in the other games, but they're not themes. the same characters. It's no, just... they're just two, they're two yeah. guys' names. Uh-huh. But yeah, uh, I
0: mean, seven is a good starting point. Six is an excellent starting point. Fifteen's mm-hmm. uh, a good starting point. Really? Ten, ten's a good starting. Yeah, point. I like ten. Eleven is not a great starting point, but people still
2: play it. Apparently, yeah. yeah. Isn't two included on the Super Nintendo Classic?
3: Uh, uh it might be 4. I think it's 4. Yeah, four? it came okay. it came to the All US right. as 2. 1 is included on the NES Classic. Yeah.
2: Okay. Well, I've got both of those. So, I guess I can start with yeah, 2 if I want I haven't
0: to. actually looked to see is does the Super Nintendo Classic have that and is it labeled as 2 or 4 because the original was 2.
2: I realize that I'm probably embarrassingly behind on on Final Fantasy, but it just, that's the thing. It just it seemed this is the problem of being a neophyte with this, is that it seemed a little t- too intimidating to try and get into, but maybe it's not. Maybe I should just get off my ass and do something about it. I mean, it.
3: the thing I will say about Crystal Chronicles is it was meant to be the least intimidating, other than having to jump over all those hurdles to get a game together. It's the action RPG mm-hmm. version of Final Fantasy, which the series has since kind of gone into, you know, back mm-hmm. this was back when Final Fantasies were... Turn based, or, or kind of, the, I think they had the active time battle system, all this, <laughs> you know, is but it was basically here, select your action, it will do a thing for you at yes. the time. This was, mm. oh, yeah, move around um, and can basically attack in, in real time. And mm. so this, this is a good okay. intro to Final Fantasy, but again, it's like an intro to like this complete spin off thing. But it is supremely well regarded, and I saw a lot of people very excited about the news that we'd get a version that people can actually play. Yeah.
0: And I know someone mm-hmm. out there's fuming right now, so I'll just say Final Fantasy III, aka Six, is the one that's included on the SNES Classic. Although ah. it is, uh, yeah, it's labeled as three, which is what it came out as originally here. But I bet in Japan also. it's labeled as six. Of course it is, yeah, absolutely.
3: Yeah. And they, <laughs> yeah, carries their design. Um, two last quick news hits. Um, Dave Bautista really wants to play Marcus Phoenix in a Gears of War game or Gears of War movie. Oh, that's good casting. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I can see it. He's got muscles. <laughs> He's bald. <laughs> well, you know, the thing with, with Batista,
2: though, and I, I, I mean, I watched him 13, 14 years ago when he actually got his start in the WWE, which isn't exactly the best place to showcase your acting.
3: About. Uh, I followed him when he was mm-hmm. Leviathan in OVW. Thank you very much. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, all right.
2: I'm talking to a professional uh, here. Exactly.
3: Yeah. Uh, with... By the way, we mentioned a game named Prototype. That was John Cena's original name when he was John wrestling Cena's in name, California. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, he was the prototypical was. male. Thank you very much. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's my nerd wrestling. So, guy right
2: there. No, that, that's beautiful. I love it. I, I should. You should be on a WrestleZone podcast. But uh, I think that Batista has actually become a, a pretty good actor. And those aren't common to find when you're going to be typecasting. These uh these kind of muscle bound characters. I remember people years ago were trying to cast Triple H as Thor, and it's like, no, I don't think that would work very well. I mean, I didn't. I like Triple H just as much as the next guy, but it, he wasn't the most memorable
3: part of Blade Trinity.
2: Just so <laughs> about to
0: bring way. that up. I forgot he was in Blade Trinity.
3: <laughs> Actually, I would say you're right. <laughs> Batista Batista has become a good actor to the point where I I don't know that he's not credited, but people don't really talk about it he was in the Grand Budapest Hotel and remember yeah. he had that role he was like he was one of those guards and, and it's a kind of a pivotal point in that movie um, yes, and, and, and it wasn't like hyped up you know because you know you don't wouldn't necessarily want to hype that thing up you know it was a very serious scene or whatever hmm. but uh,
2: yeah but he also, I mean, it was a smaller part, but he did really well in Blade Runner 2049, I thought. Mm. It, was, it was a small part, but it was pretty important in the, in the early part of the plot. And I thought he did a pretty decent job in Spectre, in the Bond, not my favorite Bond movie, but he was certainly a, he kind of fits the prototypical mold of sort of a classic henchman from a Bond mm. movie. And I thought he did well with that. And of course, as Drax, I, I love him as Drax. Everyone loves him as so, Drax. Yeah, well, of course, yeah. I mean, what's not to love, Hmm. really? But uh, no, I I would, I would be pretty excited if this actually came to pass. I think that would be pretty solid casting.
3: By the way, I think I mentioned he's bald like Marcus Phoenix. I don't think it's actually confirmed that Marcus Phoenix is bald. Like that's the great debate. Have they shown? Yeah, I don't. Oh, I think he might have taken off the
0: bandana at one point and he has hair underneath. I think he might. Okay. Okay. Ah, well. We just sort of assume because, like, generally, guys who are always wearing a do rag uh, are hiding something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nothing the, wrong with it. Just yeah. saying the yeah. Brett Michaels, if you will. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> um, and so, last bit of news. I don't know how much we'll have to say about this. I just really want to get across um, this punchline. Uh, so, Valve releases the first full, full-on porn game with many more to um. come. <laughs> when when i read
0: that i thought what you were actually talking about was like the fact that when scum shows up on the now streaming the live button covers yeah, up the s and That it just was looks great. like and
3: then just comes it looks like live cum. <laughs> 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 no i had to get that headline out because that's a dave red memorial, memorial pun headline uh, um, yeah. but uh, no so this is you know valve for a long time has not really it hasn't let these types of games just be on on the steam store. I think there've been games that are like as close as you can possibly get to a full-on hentai game, am i mm-hmm. saying that right? Yes. Okay, um but not without but not being completely explicit. And so this yeah. is the first game But like there
0: have been ones that like are like okay, download the game through Steam, the uh censored version and then there just happens to be a patch on our website that you can download to get the full experience
3: yeah exactly so this is the first to be honest like i just grabbed the headline i don't even care about the name of the game it's more what this thing signals like mm-hmm. if if you're going to be into this game this type of game i'm sure you know what the name of this game already is yeah. but it's it's just the first of i would assume many um it's further proof like a hey, the val the, the steam store is it's the wild west man <laughs> like almost it's just pretty much anything goes mm. at that point in this as zone. long as it's not a virus i don't really care <laughs> Uh true, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're having a few of those. So yeah. so that's it for the news.
0: Let's move on to the community segment, which is always a segmenting our community. There Last week's it's- question of the week, as you might recall, was what is your? What would be your custom superhero persona if you could decide that? If you weren't, if you didn't just have random powers thrust onto you that you secretly thought sucked, and you'd rather have the cooler powers that are enjoyed by the angsty teen next to you who
3: also thinks his powers suck. Yeah, and I just straight up ripped off. And I think Chris will appreciate this. I was just dude love. I would spread. I would <laughs> spread love and harmony and happiness wherever I <laughs> went. Beautiful. Oh, he would be yeah. proud.
0: And I'd be Mr. Ass. People would look at my ass <laughs> and know that
3: guy's name is Mr. Ass. You mean Billy Gunn? You'd be the sir. ass man, Billy Gunn? <laughs> Whatever that I rest still
2: laugh when I hear his music. Oh, my God. <laughs> Everyone, like... One of the things I showed my wife when we got to a point where, you know, we could have funny, goofy jokes with each other, I just randomly started playing that song. She just, what the
3: hell Are you talking about the, I'm an ass man, like that, his just, yeah, Yeah, I'm an ass man. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, mean, really, his music ultimately became the New Age Outlaws theme, which is, oh, you didn't know, no, 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 no. Your ass, but a call. I'll stop. Uh,
0: yeah. So, did you have one, Chris? <laughs> a, a custom superhero persona?
2: You know, I've always kind of bandied one about in the back Ooh, of my mind bandied, because bandied. I love, I love the idea. And, and let me tell you about a little bit about how much I love Superman. Okay. I love Superman so much that when I was a kid, I was pretending. When I was playing Superman 64, that I was playing a better game by just flying around. In free <laughs> I was about to say you were pretending That's to play a good
3: game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly, exactly. That's all you could do. That, that even as a kid, I didn't realize how bad that game was. Even though the most fun I was having with it was in free roam, just flying around, not doing anything, and pretending I was punching bad guys.
3: That's how bad. that So game you would is. be Superman.
2: Well, as much as I love Superman, I think the power that I've always wanted the most is invulnerability mm-hmm. so like having unbreakable skin and, and, and strength and stuff so i thought it, was, it would be kind of a cool idea to to be a, a hero that was strong who could not be broken but who could also make people forget that they ever saw him Ooh. and i called mm-hmm. him the unseen Ooh. so damn the unseen who has a mysterious past and who is trying to run from atrocities he committed i don't Sounds know what they like you are Maybe, maybe. Sounds like an M. Night Shyamalan movie in more ways
3: than one. (laughs) (laughs) You forgot you ever saw it, and it's about a dude that's unbreakable. Just saying. And he'd probably make it.
2: (laughs) Well, I really hope Glass is good. I'll just throw that out there. But, uh, yeah, someone who could actually clean up messes sort of behind the scenes, and if someone does actually see him, could flash his eyes almost like an MIB neuralizer, and just make you forget that you ever saw him. But he's he's always there watching.
0: Well, a first responder on VidigameApocalypse.com was Laser Time Rules, who said, "My superhero persona is known as Glove Man. I'm a Glove Man, a regular guy who stumbled upon an incredible power the the powerful gloves of Gardwin. With powerful gloves on each hand, I can slap the hell out of my rogues gallery, which include Pete the Pervert, Robo Goat, and the infamous Marvin." <laughs>
3: It's your cousin, Marvin. You know that sound you've been looking for? Uh. (laughs) Listen to this. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. I got Uh, what you're going for. You old so-and-so says, uh, If I were a superhero... I'd be polite on public transit, man. I would be impervious to bullets, knives, and blunt objects. Oh, yeah, don't ride Bart. Uh, Which would be very helpful, (laughs) given what I'm about to tell total strangers about themselves and what they are doing and what they should be doing instead. Oh, and some limited use Professor X mental power to get them to engage in deep self-reflection and stop being rude. (laughs) Indeed.
0: (laughs) You, stop eating that burrito. You, stop complaining about that guy eating that burrito. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you want to read Sleepy Face, Chris?
2: Sure. Seeing as how the question this week is my brain's default state, I think I'll mix things up a bit and share with you the first superhero version of myself I created. I first drew him in second grade. He was called Big Man. He was a giant, muscly black guy with a high-top fade, and his power was super strength that he got from a magic medallion he wore on his neck. I revived the character when I was in high school. He became a slim down but still muscular, because comics guy in a trench coat, and a ball cap. He still had super strength from the from the medallion, but could now fire Hadouken-type energy blasts after encountering and fighting a parallel version of himself. That
0: is the most 90s high school thing I've ever heard.
3: <laughs> I love that. From the trench coat to the Hadouken. <laughs> I love that he made a return as a slimmer version of himself. <laughs> oh, <God. sighs>
0: oh, man. Well, Beautiful. on Twitter, uh, at Gersnort says... Debt-free man, just a regular dude except he has no student loan debt. That wow. is truly
3: a superpower in today's economy, my friends. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Red Cyclone Inc says, "I'm just going to steal Combo Man's power set, the power of the 90s." Chris, tell us about Combo Man. I'm guessing you know about Combo Man. I actually don't know. Oh my Combo god, man. then oh let me let me enlighten you, my friends, uh, on Combo Man. So Combo Man, uh, his origin story, Rick Wilder was a normal student who happened across cross AIM uh, pressuring a teacher named Professor Boyd into giving them a secret device that could expand the human potential. Upon being discovered, Rick ran into a room where the device was running, dropped his comics, and ate a combo! Combo, the fucking snack from the 90s. It's like a pretzel with cheese. I was going to make a joke
0: about
3: that. No, this gets better. Uh He was transformed into Combo Man. He easily defeated the AIM agents, but they sent the super-adaptoid after him. Rick defeated him as well. His powers and abilities, Combo Man, has the powers and abilities of a dozen heroes and villains, including Spider-Man, Captain America, Hulk, Iron Man, The Punisher, Wolverine, Cyclops, Magneto, Doctor Doom, Human Torch, and Daredevil. This is a branded comic advertisement for combo snacks where they gave the hero the powers of all of their, be- they fucking sold out their heroes. You, you know that
0: sounds like such a an idea that a ten year old would come up with. That I wouldn't. It just reeks of disgust <laughs> on Marvel's part. Like, oh, like, oh god, combos being difficult. Well, fuck it. He's got all the powers of our best heroes, and like, yes, that's brilliant. Do that. Yeah. Uh, he gets just by eating a single pretzel.
3: Yeah, yeah, sure. This this tells you how far down Mar- Marvel had fallen. In the 90s. <laughs> it was basically... Oh, How far well, had we all fallen in the yeah. 90s? Hey, Combos. They,
2: they, did, they did have to file for Chapter 11 yeah. in oh, the 90s. True. Yeah,
3: So this this so. was helping paying some bills. They did the ultimate sellout branded advertisement for Combos fucking gross snacks. Wow. And they gave him all of their best powers. And you should see an image of this guy because he, his outfit... It just combines elements of each of those superheroes. It's, it's
4: <laughs>
2: <sighs> That's kind of amazing, I will have to say. A, a nice callback to AIM, though. I, I certainly didn't expect you to uh, read that acronym in the description of the character. That, oh, man. That, that just brings up... Well, I, I don't want to... Never mind. Never mind. Don't know how sensitive I need to be to things that people may not have seen uh, Okay.
3: I just yeah. thought you were talking about AOL Instant Messenger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, people pouring out. What, what? I'm, I'm just thinking
0: about that uh, Eltingville Club strip where they uh, they try cosplay and one of them just dresses up as Combo Spawn. <laughs> Combo Spawn? <laughs> look, look, I just ha- couldn't decide. Combo Spawn? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um. And yeah, it, but is it is it better or worse than Darkened Sky, the fantasy PS2 game about Skittles?
2: <laughs> Skittles, the wasn't candy. there an a- an NES game with the seven up? Yeah, guy. yeah, cool, cool spot. spot. That, that, yes, that thank was back you. when
0: adver
3: gaming could actually be fun. Yeah, Chester Cheetah had what a game. About-
2: what about those games? There were three sixty games that you could get it like. Uh, those Burgers. would be yeah. the King? Burger
3: King games. There was Sneak King. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Help me with the other two. The Sneak That's King, a... Big Bumpin', <laughs> and
0: uh, Big shit. What Bumpin'? was this? Wasn't there a car-,
3: one? car Racer was Big Bumpin', right? It was yeah. Like,
0: oh. or, or no, it was like a bumper car party game, and okay. then there was there was like a, a mini bike racer, oh, something God. like that. <laughs> yeah. No, no.
3: Well, then there was the Doritos Challenge. Yeah. Yeah. on Xbox 3 well, on there, Xbox there's, there's the
0: Doritos challenge one that, that's sort of like the, the TV show um, shit uh, Splash something? Wipeout. Wipeout Wipeout, thank yeah. you, yeah, yeah. And, and then there's Doritos Dash of Destruction which was like a, an <laughs> indie game made for a contest <laughs> yes. that won the contest and got published and it is one of the best Adver games ever made, where like one player, like one player is a T Rex, and other players are Doritos delivery trucks who are trying to escape the T
3: Rex. Why are we? Why are we giving them more ad? By the way, VGA, we can totally be bought. You guys want to sponsor us? We'll we'll, we'll we'll do it. Sponsor show. We'll sell it right now. (laughs) You got five dollars? I'll promote it. (laughs) Um, oh, man. It's a new
0: question of the week. Uh, what is your favorite real-world setting for a video game? Matt, you came up with this question. Does this have to be one that has been used, or is a real-world setting that you want to be used, other than your hometown, because we don't want everyone to <laughs> say that. Because I've heard stories from, from people who work at Rockstar. It's like every so often we get uh, somebody s- sending in, like, a map of their hometown and a check for sixty dollars, saying like, "Well, this is how much it costs to get a game, so just you know, make it based on this map."
3: Uh, so my my original intentions were that the game it has to have been in a video game, and I think I will leave it at that because of that exact example. You well, just in
0: that case, the London of the Getaway, uh, <laughs> okay,
3: is beautifully modeled,
0: and it was actually fun on the PS2 when that came out, like. Diana, my wife, uh, has spent a lot of time in London, and so she actually uh, drove me around like in the free roam mode, going like, "Oh, okay, now here's here's this kebab shop where where I got uh, stopped in this time, and uh, oh yeah, here's King's Cross Station, and like all just
3: picking out all these landmarks, and that yeah. was a fun experience. Not bad in a GTA as well. There, yeah. there was London as well. A GTA two, GTA London 1969. London, okay, right. yeah, that's right. Yeah, an expansion pack for the original. Yeah. What about you, Chris? Well, M- Matt, I think you
2: should go first because I might be piggybacking. Okay,
3: of you. so mine. I was uh, uh, I, w- I was raised in Southern California. I'm from LA, uh, and so LA, and I love seeing Los Angeles reproduced in games, um, and 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 specifically, there's a couple games there. So um, GTA San Andreas, I think nails the feeling of LA in the '90s. Uh, and you're talking to a guy who, who lived in L.A. in the 90s. But also, like, even in pop culture L.A. in the 90s, like, that was Boys in the Hood, the video game, you know? And so it just mm. nails that, I don't know, just it's just L.A. of that time period. Um, and then GTA V came back and also nails L.A. And I, and I already talked about, like, the stuff around L.A. in particular. Like, it, it's a really good, like, yeah, this is California, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I will also say True Crime Streets of L.A. I told that story. Like, yeah, I drove around trying to find L.A. landmarks. Another one I did that with, L.A. Noir, L.A. Noir. even though, obviously, I wasn't around in L.A. in the 40s. But there's still stuff. I mean, a lot of the stuff in that game is still there in L.A. And so uh, I thought it was just super cool having spent time in that city to go back and experience, this is probably, yeah, a lot of what was there with the, with the, uh, where they actually had public transit mm-hmm. <laughs> before they tore it out. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and all of that. So, no, I, I I just love whenever a game does take a shot at LA. And LA is one of those great places though where it's just, it's so diverse. There's, there's, you can go surfing. And then an hour away is skiing in mountains and stuff like that. And then there's Hollywood. And then there's the desert. And so there's, there's so many things you can explore with L.A. To me, it's, it's one of the perfect locales to base anything in. But uh, to see it in video games, it's always really cool. Yeah.
2: Agreed. Very well said. Yeah, I mean, my, my first instinct is also to say L.A. Largely because I actually just... There, there was a 50% off sale for the L.A. Noir Remaster. Hmm. Uh, On current gen consoles. And I've got a 4K TV, so it looks spectacular. And I forgot how hard I fell for that game. And playing it again, uh, piecemeal this time, but still playing it again, it is so. It's such a joyful experience to play through because the world is so well realized. I mean, I'm still not crazy about the facial capture tech that they used, but. Overall, the I, I find myself getting easily enthralled in the world. But also too, if you're talking about urban environments created in video games, they did a pretty decent job uh, in watchdogs with Chicago. And uh, as someone yeah. who lives in the Chicagoland area right now, uh, it's it's relatively faithful. I mean, it does the the video game substitutions here and there. But uh, Watch Dogs, I I actually really liked the first one when it came out. I didn't know many other people that felt that way. Mm -hmm. But uh, overall, I thought that that was a pretty solid representation. And Chicago is the kind of city where, you know, it it can have sort of the labyrinthine areas, sort of like a New York, but it can also have the harder edge to it in some parts of it, like L.A. can, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, as sort of the the third place of the big three cities between those three, it makes sense that it kind of amalgamates the two to a degree. So uh, I actually find that to be pretty awesome overall.
0: Actually, I'm going to change my answer since you mentioned Watch Dogs. Uh, Watch Dogs 2 was the culmination of something I wanted to see ever since San Fierro showed up in San Andreas. Open world San Francisco that you can explore freely and uh, Watch Dogs too, like it helped that it was an amazingly fun game, but it also had a pretty good compact version of the Bay Area yeah. in there. And you know, I, I, it's easy when you live here to get hung up on little details, like, "Hey, my office is two blocks over from where it's supposed to be," uh, yeah. or "This isn't really Marin; it's just uh, the docks at Sausalito." Yeah, that, but, that,
3: I love the yeah, all Marin became was just Sausalito. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, and then yeah, the same thing Silicon Valley was just like super highlights of Silicon Valley and even the Mm -hmm. East East Bay. The East Bay is bigger than San Francisco is as a city, you know, in terms of landmass, but it was just, just like a couple blocks of Oakland. But that's, I mean, Mm -hmm. what do you expect? Like, you know,
0: you're getting a good flavor for it
3: all. But the city itself was pretty close because San Francisco is not that big. It's, it's basically seven by seven square miles. Yeah. Uh, And so they, they were able to capture a lot of it and you got the highlight, you got the hate, you got Soma, you got, you know, North beach, all of those, the big highlights were in there. So. Yeah, that's a great, mm-hmm. that's a great answer. Yeah, Watch Dogs has kind of nailed it twice. I wonder where they go next.
0: Hmm. <laughs> that's the million dollar question, isn't it? <laughs> so,
2: anybody else play Watch Dogs 1 on the Wii U? No, I don't <laughs> think so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's your favorite recreation of a real world city in a game? Let us know. Go to com. Answer under the comments for episode 281 or go to the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there where you can answer, or you can just hit us up on Twitter at VGApocalypse. So that's been our show. Let's go out with some plugs, uh, Chris. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about your show and where people can find your stuff?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So thank uh, and first of all, thank you very much for having me. I well, really thank you for it. thank you for giving fun. up
0: your evening to be on this.
2: My pleasure, my absolute pleasure. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Chris Clow, which is C H R I S C L O W, and uh, I just released last week the latest episode of Comics on Consoles, which I call the episodes issues because comics. It's a nice conceit. So I released issue, <laughs> I released issue number eleven, which focuses on two thousands uh, NeverSoft Spider Man mm-hmm. game. Uh, so. In the episode, what I basically try to do, since I love comics and I love video games, I kind of sandwich the topics together. So, I touch on early 3D games, why I feel that Spider-Man is kind of an unsung hero in early 3D games, and I delve pretty hard into Spider-Man's history and the creation the process that Stan Lee, Steve Ditko, Jack Kirby went through to actually get the character created. Uh, And then I touch on on the 2000 game, which I still think is one of the all-time great comic book video games ever made. Uh, This one is a little bit more positive compared to other episodes that I've done because I touch on some stinkers like Aquaman Battle for Atlantis, Mm. like I mentioned before, or Batman Dark Tomorrow, even though uh, I actually like the story to that game. The game itself is not that Mm. great, but you can see all of the issues that I've done at comicsonconsoles.com. And uh, I encourage constructive criticism, so if you got any feedback, please send it my way. Uh, I'm also co-host on a web uh, podcast called Discovery Debrief, which is Star Trek-related, like I said before. Uh, co-hosts include Zaki Hassan, who is a pretty solid film critic from the, Sh- the San Francisco area. He's a member of the San Francisco Film Critics Circle. And uh, Cicero Holmes, who's on a video game podcast called Spawn on Me. He's a co-host on there. And my wife is on it as well with us because we're all big Star Trek fans. And uh, right now we're going through our all-time favorite Trek episodes, all uh, bar none. So that's we got to go through 731 episodes total to get our favorites. Uh, so that's a lot of legacy there, but we got a pretty diverse lineup of episodes that we're talking about. For a second, I thought so, you said all-time uh,
0: sh- uh, favorite Shrek episodes. <laughs> okay.
3: <Don't laughs> <kid. laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, now I got to make a Shrek yeah. podcast now. <laughs> no, no, no one does. No <laughs> one needs to do that. You talk me into it. But you can find uh, that one, uh, discoverydebrief.com or on Twitter at debrief.
3: Nice. You can follow me on Twitter at C. Allen, and that's M-A-T-T-Y-C-Allen. Um... Uh, I also wanted to give a shout out. So uh, Dylan Gallagher, who's on the official Facebook community, um, he has been commissioning, he, he or he can do portraits for you. And so if you are thinking about joining the community, check him out. He, he's made a couple posts there. Um, he will do a portrait. All you have to do is send him a picture. He did one for mine, for me, this week that you will see on an, on my Twitter account that I'm using now as my profile pic. He does an amazing job. Uh, so yeah, look him up and thank you to Dylan because I love the pick so you're going to upgrade from the classic donkey kong era mario I might have to put that in rotation. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> and if you want to hear Michael and I talk more about Spider-Man or other games that we want to do spoilercast for, please can go to patreon.com/lasertime and contribute to the Patreon. Uh, we have a couple goals we want to unlock for all new shows: Spoilercast and more. Chris has some amazing ideas of shows that he wants to unlock as well. So again, go to patreoncom lasertime.
0: And yeah, if you kick up some money, we might get a uh, regular D&D podcast going. We will be recording the first installment of it this weekend with a DM who is a genuine video game designer. So this should be interesting. You'll want to stay tuned. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at VGApocalypse or me personally at Wikiparas. That's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Chris, can you hear me, Antista? Uh-huh. Okay, cool. <laughs> what, uh, what voice are you doing? I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of dirty, but sexy at it's the same little, time. It's but, a
3: little hot. It's like uh, a cartoon hot. I'm watching you through the bedroom window. <laughs> what, not if I'm watching you first?
0: Uh, <laughs> that's just like the default creepy line from, like, what, Harlan Williams's Don Knotts impression, I think? <laughs> Someone's Don Knotts impression. <laughs> I've been looking at you through the bedroom window. I'm a fish. Andy. That's much better. <laughs> That's a very good Don Knotts. Yours was a Dana Gould impression. <laughs> I guess. It was. Was it Dana Gould that had that joke? Yeah. I'm All looking right. at you through the bathroom window. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And apparently <laughs> that uh, Don Knotts' daughter came up to him after a performance one and said, Oh, yeah, my father heard that and loved it. He loved it.
1: That is what I sound like at the
4: spot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Wow. And we've got
4: our secret sound.